Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week, the movies that we're showcasing are Cliffhanger and Daylight. You're either going to drown underneath or fall off a cliff. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Everyone needs to calm down. <laughs> you guys are so worked up this week and we haven't even gotten started yet. Nah. I, was in, I was in a pretty good mood until I came back here and then I was like, yeah, they're going to be late. Maybe I can get some work done while I'm sitting here. And then I couldn't do anything because my computer's like, meh. What, what was the link? Meh. What are you trying to do? Turn us on? No. No. Gross. Windows Windows has background processes it needs to do, so we're just going to use up every bit of your core. <laughs> so mine uh, must have updated. So when I signed on, I had to like, actually sign into my computer, which is bullshit. <laughs> it's the concept of signing in is bullshit. You're just coming out against that in general. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because usually that means everything's been updated and something's not going to work right, just like was Noah was talking about. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. So when I see that it's updated, I'm usually like, God fucking damn it. But it turned out not to be terrible. All right. Anyways. Time. Besides all that bullshit, how was you guys this week? Was it all right? Yeah. Started my new yeah. job, surprisingly, this week. Nice. How is it? How's the traffic controller? Traffic manager, but yeah, sure. Something like that. So you're in charge of traffic for your whole city now? That's, that's what that's, it sounds like. That's what every, that's the joke everybody makes when I tell them what I do. It, uh, I control the traffic flow of commercials and or info that goes on in the logs before it it's master control. So basically, it, if there's I don't something know what that means either. If there's something scheduled to play <laughs> There's something to schedule to play on your TV. I have to make sure that it's scheduled on a playlist before it goes down to the part that actually makes it onto the TV. Oh, so you're the dude that makes the mixtape for the DJ. Sort of. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of tedious and boring, but we got there. But they're like, Hey, do you want to make more money and have work during the day and weekends and Holidays off, and I'm like, yep. Sold. Uh, I've done it before, so might as well. I mean, and tedious is, uh, it sucks, but it's really not that bad. Oh, trust me. I, uh, I just put my headphones on, and uh, I've gone through way more podcasts than I have in the past, like, year and a half. All I'm thinking is if you win the lottery, this is going to be a way more fun job to quit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that last day, you can do whatever uh, you want. 
Oh, no. I've told people before, if I win the lottery, you won't know. The only way you'll know is because I didn't show up to work. And then suddenly there I am on the TV accepting a giant check from somebody. Uh, you got to go in there. You got to go in there and fuck up the traffic for your whole town. <laughs> if I if I won the lottery, uh, it's not exactly that you wouldn't know, but you might suspect. <laughs> oh, I, I think Most, I would just mostly because it. I would be doing like vacations and stuff. He'd be like, no, how are you affording those vacations? And I'd be like, fuck you. I just want to spend a few days in Malta, man. <laughs> like, I would just office space it. I would keep my job and just check my emails once a day or something. <laughs> it's not I just. I, I've told people that a thousand times. I would not quit my job. Yeah. I like I don't hate what I do, and it gives me something to do all day. <laughs> like, nope. and if I just had a bunch of money and nothing but time, I would spiral so fucking out of control. Oh no, I could handle the time and the money. Yep, me too. See, you're thinking that you would have nothing to do because if you didn't have a job right now, you would have nothing to do. If you had like a billion dollars. You'd be like, okay, what am I going to do today? Well, yeah, but you may just fly to Malta. But if you live like that, then all that money you want is gone. But the key is is to set yourself up so that your money is making money and then you do whatever you want with the money that your money is making for you. There's a really good documentary and I can never remember the name of it. I think it's like three years to broke or something like that. That's about lottery winners. Yeah, and and it's about how almost every single lottery winner loses all that money in the first three years. Oh no, yeah, it's because they're stupid. Yeah, so so it, like the Powerball or the Mega Millions or whatever the fuck it's called down here in the states was just up to a billion dollars because nobody won it for so long. Yeah, one one point three. Yes, and. I mean, if you had a billion dollars, I mean, what, what lump sum? I think it was like seven hundred and fifty million or something like that. Seven hundred and fifty million, but also if you take the lump sum, you have to pay the full prize penalty, which is almost fifty percent tax, which puts you down to about four hundred k, which is still a lot of money, or for not four hundred k, four hundred million, which is still a ton of money. Yeah, I love but, your I love your country. Tax people and penalize them for winning the lottery. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. We <laughs> well, tax people for winning like automobiles on game shows. So what do you think is going to happen? Well, the That's funny, hilarious. the funny thing is the other option is you take an overtime payout and the overtime payout has to be uh, annuitized, which means not only do you get the full amount, you get the full amount plus interest. And all it means is you don't get it all at once. It's like paid out in chunks over. I can't remember what it is. 20 years. But. The idea that people don't take that, it's the dumbest fucking decision you could ever make in your entire life to take the lump sum payment. And almost every single person takes the lump sum. Well, it depends how much it is, too, though, right? Like, if it's a billion dollars, okay, fine, you get payments for 20 years. But if it's only a couple of million, then those payments over 20 years, you still have to have a job to support your lifestyle based on the amount of money you're getting every year. So, Right, but so let's let's say it's, a smaller amount. It's like $2 million, right? $2 million over 20 years is still a good chunk of fucking change every year, which means you still don't have to work. You just have to like think about how much money you're spending, which is what you should be fucking doing anyway. Now you take the lump sum payment, 
you get penalized. So now your two million just dropped down to like one point three million. And then that one point three million puts you in that top tax bracket, which is <laughs> gonna make end up making you pay fifty percent tax. So now your one point three <laughs> just went down to a little over half a million. It's it's just dumb. It's a dumb fucking decision. <laughs> it's insane. I, I can't get over it down there. But if like we up, take, up like, here, just if you win the lottery, they just give you the amount of money you won. Like you don't get taxed on it. There's no penalty for winning. There's not like no. a, a, a there's not literally a winning penalty. <laughs> Must be nice to be a communist. Sounds insane. Um, uh, yeah. Actually, you guys are doing the communist thing. Like somebody gets a whole <laughs> bunch of money, and the government just penalizes them for getting it. That's what communism is. I can't believe you guys are such commies down there. It's ridiculous, <laughs> it's, quite it's frankly. Getting, getting pretty bad. Uh, so if we take like the four hundred and fifty million or whatever example, and if you just put that shit in the bank. And then just give yourself a yearly allowance of like however much you can uh, you can live off the interest of that yeah four hundred million sitting in the bank for the rest of your life easily yeah uh, yeah I mean it's pretty close but if you just took the payment over time then you would get one point two billion dollars plus interest so once again what why 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 I don't know. I don't, it I, don't doesn't I don't understand this whole paint penalized the winner system you guys have down there. It seems wrong to me. All right. Nobody, none, none of us are going to win the lottery anyway. No. Yeah. I'll admit I, I'm not normally a lottery person when it, when it got over a billion dollars. I was like, all right, yeah, I'm yeah. going to buy a couple lottery tickets. Yeah. <laughs> we bought a couple just because we're like, well, somebody's going to have to win it. Right. It's it, a dumb, MBS. it's a dumb people tax. And I was like, you know what? I'm willing to pay this dumb people tax. Willing to Actually, pay yeah. Yeah, like 10 bucks just to dream for a couple days before the lottery yeah. numbers come out. I do that when I'm having a bad day at work. I go buy a lottery ticket at lunch, like just a scratch ticket. And then while I'm on like walking back to the office, in my head, I'm a lottery winner because I've already won it. Then I get back to my desk and scratch it. And then I lose it and go back to work. I'm usually very resistant to the desire to buy a lottery ticket. But in Illinois, we have this one specific game. I guess it's broke up into three or four, but they're all the same premise. And the big one's like $20,000 a year for 20 years. And man, or no, no, it's 20,000, 20,000 a month for 20 years. Yeah, we have one that's $1,000 a week for the rest of your life. And yeah, that's, like, that's yeah, perfect. That's like, yeah, that's like that's, getting a very good paycheck for the yeah, rest of your life. Exactly. That that's the thing. That's that's the one that I'm like, that's what I want to win. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, because a big chunk of money, you're going to lose perspective of what that big chunk of money is. And you're like, fuck it. I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to buy a car. And then tax man comes and you're like, fuck. Because that's the thing. I don't, I don't want really need to be a billionaire and drive fancy cars and own boats and shit. I just want to not work anymore. That's all I really want. Doug just wants to buy the people on the other side of his duplex out. Yeah. He doesn't have to worry about them setting his house on fire anymore. That'd be nice. If if I had a billion dollars, I think I would have to give away a bunch of money because yeah. it's it's immoral. No one no one should have a billion dollars. I, I I agree that I would try to do some good with it. But then you'd have the pressure on you to do good, which like if you're getting just enough to survive, that's perfect because then you're there's no pressure on you to do anything with that money. 
<laughs> the pressure to do good with a billion dollars would be a lot. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even think I would feel the extreme urge to do good with it. I think I would just, once again, I just couldn't hoard it. <laughs> it's the math. The math of a billion dollars is terrifying to me. So if you took a billion dollars and split it up over a bunch of banks, right? So you just put your 250000 which is your FDI insurance limit and a, a shit ton of banks. And you took the interest and you gave yourself a stipend of, I think I worked it out. It's like $20,000 a week. At the end of the year, you have more money than you started with. No That's matter what, no matter what, no matter how low the interest rate. Yeah. Should we pass a law that you have to go through like the Brewster's millions situation before you get your lottery money? <laughs> Something you have to, you have to prove that you're going to spend it. Well, it's just like, uh, if you've seen Brewster's millions, he has a long lost uncle. He didn't know about, he dies, leaves him a bunch of money. And he's like, but I'm going to give you, and this is what? 1985 money. <laughs> It's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you thirty million dollars, and you have to spend it all in a month. You can't spend it on yourself, and you have to have receipts for everything you've bought. And so then, by the end of the month, he absolutely fucking hates spending money. But if he does it, he gets like a hundred million dollars or something. I, I think what we should do, we should pass a law that says there can only be one billionaire. Like Highlander style. Oh, and if and if another person ever achieves the point where they also have a billion dollars, then those two billionaires get thrown into a pit and they have to bare knuckle fight each other to the death. No. And whoever lives gets to keep their billion dollars. And then the other person's billion dollars gets redistributed to all the poor people of the world. <laughs> and it's just that way forever. And then you can dream because maybe you could be the billionaire guy who doesn't get beaten to death in the bloody pit of doom. Listen, speaking of people who can afford helicopters and bare knuckle fighting on top of them, do you guys want to move on to the movies at all? Or I mean, if you want to get away from fantasizing about being a billionaire, I guess. <laughs> I just feel like we've been here a while now. And, uh, Speaking of un unreasonable sums of money that during <laughs> one of these movies, Sylvester Stallone demanded uh, to be given a hotel room that costs thirty six hundred dollars a night. And what? the shooting at that location took three months. <laughs> that's obviously cliffhanger, right? Uh, you know, really? <laughs> yeah, that's daylight. Oh. Didn't they film in New York City? No, nope. they filmed uh, okay. a big chunk of it was shot in Rome because they well, we'll get into that whenever we get into it. Okay. Yeah. Well, what go on, you just give us a plot description, Noah, and then we'll uh, yeah. So, Daylight <laughs> is a disaster movie where a confluence of events, including like just fucking weird, grimy New mm -hmm. York and, and a truckload of explosive, toxic, radioactive nuclear waste, yeah. Yeah. They were they were taking it through the tunnel because they have to take it to the end of the sewer. Yeah. And Which then remember at midnight every night they flush the sewer with toxic waste. Yeah. We learned we learned that in right. Jason Takes Manhattan. Right. And they're not supposed to take it through the tunnel because that's dangerous. <laughs> Did they explain why they were taking it through the tunnel? Was there like a line of dialogue? Because they're, 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 yeah. they're going to illegally dump it. That's the entire oh, that's thing. That's it? Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're just taking it to be illegally dumped, and it's not supposed to go through the tunnel, but they're, once again, rich people trying to save money, so they drove through yeah. the tunnel. Yeah, I heard the part about them bribing to be allowed through the tunnel. I just yeah. didn't realize, didn't understand why they were doing it. Yeah, it was super okay. dumb. Uh, so there's an explosion, collapsed tunnel. We have a bunch of people trapped inside the tunnel, uh, which obviously is underwater and stuff. I can't remember the name of that fucking tunnel. Do you guys know the name of it? No, it's not the Lincoln just, Tunnel, is it? I just assumed it was the Lincoln Tunnel. I don't remember though. <laughs> okay, then maybe I'm then maybe I'm not it, remembering incorrectly. It might be the Lincoln Tunnel. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's Sylvester, it doesn't Sylvester Stallone's character is a disgraced public works <laughs> official. That's correct. Specifically <laughs> with which, the emergency uh, right. team or whatever. Which you guys know what the fucking dumbest thing? That's actually I was like, you know what? That's pretty realistic. <laughs> <laughs> it's America. That's not outrageous. It's... The I mean, even the fact that now he's a chauffeur, like just making ends meet, but he used to be a big wig. <laughs> uh, and and so he has to find a way into the tunnel in order to rescue everybody to atone for his sins of uh, previously making a bad decision that got a bunch of rescue workers killed. You're only kind of right there. Because technically he does not go in there to rescue him. He goes in there for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> well, he goes he goes in there on the slight chance that someone may be able to survive. But he goes in there with no plan of how to get anyone out and yep. leaves the only, the only possible way to get people out is from the outside. And he voluntarily goes in with no way out, which makes, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get to it. We'll live <laughs> with it. Uh, I, no, we won't, but we'll get to the discussion about it. Anyways. Yeah. You guys know what the biggest thing I fucking forgot about this movie is what? that this was one of those gigantic fucking Christmas blockbuster movies. It was supposed to be like a huge fucking deal. And I was like, and you know what? I don't remember anybody fucking giving a shit about this movie (laughs) within a day of it coming out. I didn't either. I saw this on video, like right after it hit video and then have forgotten about it up until we put it on the list. Yeah. Cause this was like an expensive big cast. Yeah. Big movie. Uh, Lots of, uh, lots of names in the, in the movie. But I think most of them were not names at the time, so they weren't as expensive. But no. Stallone, Stallone, and I don't know. I don't know if we're still doing the plot description or not. But I, I mean, that's read. pretty much the plot description. Yeah. Then they, it's a disaster movie, so he has to do various things to save them from sure. the various complications. While greedy corporate people outside are like, "Let's just blow open one end of it and kill everybody, so that we can get the traffic moving," I, which, uh, which is cartoonish and the thing that would really happen. Oh yeah, that that was the most realistic part of this whole movie. By the way, like easily the most realistic part was them just being like, "It's like ten people, just kill them." It's fine. <laughs> uh, but Stallone got paid $17.5 million for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we mentioned, he also got put up in a hotel that cost $3,600 a night. That's insane. That's unacceptable. <laughs> but then in order to do some of the stunts that he wanted to, to be in the movie that the studio wanted to pay for, he put $28 million of his own money into the movie. Okay, because well, I respect that. Stallone's a kind of yeah. idiot. <laughs> right well, i'm like you he, just you just lost money doing this movie well i assume that he would have gotten some back end on that or something 
where if the movie did well, he would make the money back. Or maybe that $28 million was a loan to the company or something. I don't know. There must be a reason. He's not just going to put it in. I don't know. He he is an egotistical motherfucker. And if yeah. it was just something that he thought was going to make him look good. Well, and we'll talk about how that ego, I believe, hurt this film in, in, in a couple of ways. But apparently they wanted uh, Nicolas Cage for that part. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they told him no, because at the time Nicolas Cage wasn't a big enough name. And they really thought that Stallone was the box office draw. Mm-hmm. Oh, in they 1996, was, that's right. They thought he was just a weird character actor. Yeah. Well, and they were right. Yeah, they were right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but this is like the same year that like The Rock came out and uh, Con Air. Right. So, I mean, you know. It's also uh, might be the year where I stopped watching action movies for a long time. Oh. <laughs> And this well, movie is the kind of the epitome as to why. Oh, it's Doug. We're going to be on opposite sides of this one. All right. Well, that's fine. I actually rather enjoyed myself. Really? I remember the movie not being very good, but I'm just like, this is a fun disaster movie. Just enjoyed it. Trust me. Know. it's It's got some moments that you're like, come on. Like the whole jump, jumping through fans to get down there that, yeah, there's no automatic shutoff. We just can't do it. Well, okay. Come on. You're, you're reaching my biggest complaint about the movie, which is just the laziness of the storytelling of like, well, we need him to go through these fans because we have this big action set piece in mind. Okay. Well, we'll just say that there's no way to shut them off. That's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my (laughs) life. Like uh, you can, all you need is somebody with a third of a brain cell to come up with a, Oh, the shutoff is done over here, but that room we can't access because of the cave in. All right. I'll, I'll take that. That's action movie logic, right? Or, sure. you know, the computer was damaged in the explosion and we can't control these fans. So we're not, they're unpredictable or something. Right. But they don't do that. They just go, Oh no. Yeah. We, we have these giant fans that we can shut off, but they automatically turn back on and you can't shut them off a second time. Which make, like, they don't even give a time frame. They're not like, oh, then they won't be able to get shut off for the next two hours or something. It's they won't be able to ever be shut off again. It's so stupid. And it's it ranks right up there with the, the logic of him going in with no plan. That doesn't make any fucking sense. There's no logical reason for him to go in. Well, if they would have just. Well, no, I, I actually think you're wrong because he does tell them the whole plan of they need to get in there and blow up that one end of the tunnel to seal off the section that the survivors are in from the toxic gas to buy them time. He still has no way out. All that does is buy them like an hour or something. It's ridiculous. Well, but I think that's, that's the whole should... point of his character. All it's going to do is buy them time, but that's um, what he cares about. All they should have done is written in that he has a plan of how to get these people back out and something goes wrong. And then now he can't get back out. And now it's a much, much better movie. And it's sure. that, laz- that laziness is there throughout the film. And some of it might be Stallone's ego getting in the way because some of it is just him being able to physically do things that it makes no damn sense for him to be able to do because, you know what I mean? He's like, like, you know, you go back and you watch the Rambo movies and he does ridiculous shit, but they're like, he is the, 
best green beret to ever be sent to Vietnam. And you're like, okay, so he can do ridiculous shit. Fine. Here they're like, he's a disgraced public works official who was like working in an office previous to his disgrace. However, he can like climb on like these poles and dangle from one arm while setting off explosives. And you're like, all right. See, I I didn't get that at all. The way I understood it, he was part of like the emergency response team. He was the chief of them though. Yeah. But I mean, the way I, I took it is he kept telling them that we ran like terrorist drills in this tunnel, meaning that he's been all throughout these tunnels and thought of every scenario of where to go, how to do whatever. Uh, But when he gets in there, he realizes there's no way out because all of his plans don't work. Uh, I didn't see that in the movie. Well, that's what I got from it. And the the, the part where he does the climbing, I, I think that's Stallone's fault because you'll notice they have a character in the movie who no, totally. is a climber. And I suspect that I'm, I'm making this up. I don't know if anything factual, but I suspect that maybe in the script, the whole climbing sequence to set up the explosives and all that, they would have had the character who was for story reasons, carrying climbing equipment, doing that climbing. And instead, we're like, no, it's a heroic moment. Stallone has to get it. So he's going to go in there with no equipment and just shimmy his way across here and set off these explosives. Which... I, mean, I I do know there was at least one script rewrite. Yeah. Well, Notoriously, I, like, there's always a script rewrite once Sylvester Stallone signs well, onto a project. And well, I was just things for his own I, character. I was going to say, actually, I, su- I suppose there was one major overhaul and then mm-hmm. one, one change that I know. Because originally, this was a sequel. Okay. This was to supposed what? to be a sequel to the Poseidon, uh, the Poseidon Adventure. Is that what the name of it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. From, like, yeah. the 70s. Yeah. Where... It, it was supposed to be like a commuter train or something trapped inside of a tunnel. Yeah. It was, it's, it's like a completely different thing. No, but it, the, the train was supposed to have the survivors from the Poseidon adventure. Like, I think they were traveling to go somewhere uh, to like talk about the experience or whatever. And they all get trapped on the train. And then all the survivors from the Poseidon adventure die before the movie's over. Really? So the yeah. train was going to like flip upside down and they'd have to do the whole thing. Maybe. Yeah. It's, it's said if you actually watch the Poseidon adventure and then watch this movie, there's a whole bunch of parallels okay. where similar things are happening. Uh, and then, so, so that's one thing, but we'll throw that aside. So that was like sure. a very early version yeah. of this script, but the, the ending <laughs> that we'll jump to where he's stuck in the mud and she's trying to pull him out. And eventually she like has to let him go and goes to the top. He was supposed to die and yeah. they rewrote it for him to live because Stallone. Cause he's, cause he's, yeah, still. yeah. Because Stallone and because they were like, no, he's the hero. Hero's got to live. And it's like, yeah, no, but that's, it's so much better if he dies. Like it yeah. really is. It's more impactful. And then it parallels the whole fucking story of him telling the story of the blowout whenever she asks if somebody lived and he says one of them lived in which that's, I mean, that's foreshadowing at its peak. That's, that's what that conversation is there for. Yeah. No, it's, it's shitty nineties action movie filmmaking. And that's the problem. And it just, I don't know. Like, even if you look at like that stupid climbing scene that I'm bringing up for like the third time already, 
like there's obviously a character arc for the Vigo Mortensen character, right? Like, cause he tries climbing out, even though he's told not to, and then there's a collapse and he dies, but they have the Sage Stallone character who is, he's the little brother that gets brought on to the team. Cause his, cause he's not, the older brother's not allowed to play without him kind of thing. Right. He's, he serves no purpose in this movie except that he follows the guy in. Obviously what was supposed to happen to my mind is the collapse kills that character. The Mortensen character then sacrifices himself in order to make this climb as sort of having, and it gives him a redemption arc, right? And then it makes sense to hire a good actor to come in and do that part and have him actually doing things rather than him just being this throwaway character that dies before you have a chance to give a shit about him. And well, makes that whole sequence pointless. Weirdly, I think that they thought that the f- audience will think that he's the hero of the movie. But, but they then they hired Sylvester Stallone. But then they got the Stallone. Guy. So then they're like, well, we can't make Stallone. Everybody knows Stallone's going to be the hero. Okay, yeah. So and, then and they just didn't know what to do with him. Maybe that's the alternative explanation is that that death was supposed to be like a big shock moment and a big turn in the movie. Yeah. But because obviously, if, you, if, if, that's, if that's correct, they obviously then rewrote other things because the Sloan yeah. character is yeah. obviously being set up from the beginning yeah. to be the hero, right? Yeah, because if you're trapped in a tunnel like that, who do you want? Somebody yeah. who's really good at like mountain climbing and, you know, extreme because uh, they set him up. I tried to think of like what an analogy would be. Oh. The only thing I could think of was like if Tony Hawk was like a businessman, but then even Tony Hawk's not a good analogy. Because this guy's into like you know mountain right. climbing a, and no, he's a stupid fucking Richard Branson character is what he's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty good. And it, it, and while I agree with Doug about the uh, the climbing scene and being perfect for that character, I think at the same time I I actually like Vico Mortensen's story arc in this film for as short as it is, because he's the warning about charismatic leaders that he kind of just naturally takes control of that situation and he naturally gets everyone to follow him because he has the appearance of knowing what the fuck he's doing. But the truth is, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He's just making shit up and he's just a cocky mountain climbing prick and he Mm. dies. Like, it good. Good he fucking dies. Although, (laughs) more people should have died with him to make it have more impact. Yeah. Uh, which we should mention, you just brought up that this was played by Vigo Mortensen, who is uh, awesome in everything he does. So it's a Vigo. <laughs> it's not that Vigo. <laughs> it's the Vigo. I actually like his performance too. Like he plays Noah's right. He is cocky. He is arrogant. He is charismatic, and that's not his typical character. And I think he does a really good job with it. Yeah. So it's fun. Yeah, but, and but I, I would have just liked. I would have preferred him to have a real character arc than to just see him killed off like that. I think he still serves the purpose you're describing as the warning. Um, if right. he gets the Sage Stallone character killed, so it also reduces the level of pedophilia in the film if you kill off the Sage Stallone character. So, well, it even would have worked Wait, if what? it's just. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm talking about Sage Stallone playing an adult criminal who's on his way to jail, who oh. later just starts casually flirting with 14-year-old Danielle Harris. And that's oh. not cool. Yeah, I forgot about that. 
You're he right. just he just like first of all they wasted danielle harris because we know how good an actress she is and she just had nothing to do in this movie but that's fine because she has a smaller part but then to just randomly have like this guy who i think is supposed to be likable hitting on a 14 year old in the middle of your movie is not cool <laughs> yeah just again a little simple script rewrite she's a college student who's in town to visit her parents and now she's old enough for him to hit on I mean, you, you, you could even use the same actress and just dress her a little different or something. We would have believed that she was 18, but they have to tell us she's 14 just to make it creepy. Like it's a fucking Argento movie again. Yeah, I agree, I agree with you that the whole thing's unnecessary. Now, I think going back to the Vigo thing, I think it could have worked if he had led them all into the tunnel and then basically all of his little followers die except for him. Yeah. And that's and what then, that's what I know, think. Of happen. course, yeah, and then he gets berated by the Stallone character to be like, "Hey, you stupid piece of shit!" Yeah, this is why you listen to the person who knows safety. <laughs> yeah, and then that would have been perfect because then later, like when Stallone's like, "I can go do this," and he's like, "No, this is what I can do. Is I can do this for climbing." Agreed. But they also, <laughs> they were also, I think, they were also like it's lazy '90s filmmaking where they wanted the flirtatious relationship between the Stallone character and the lead female character. And, uh, that, so they just, they needed them to wander off together to have that, like little fucking Keanu Sandy romance going on. That's exactly, I, I don't know. I don't know if this was long enough after speed that they were intentionally imitating that, but that's exactly how it comes across. Would have been two or three years after. Yeah. Speed 94. Is that right? Say ninety three, ninety four. Yeah. Like so um, uh, so then yeah, then that then I now I'm accusing them of trying to imitate that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just yeah, it was. I don't know. It all it, it felt very lazy to me. It felt like if they wanted to tell a better story, there's a better story to tell here, and that everything would have been more impactful and more emotional had they tried. Okay. Instead, they were just finding excuses to get to the action moments, which were mediocre at best. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree. Except my, I think my opinion is everything. I don't. There's nothing in this movie that I completely dislike, but I feel like it's arranged in such a way that makes it not as effective as it could be. So yeah, but, the the George character, right? So we've got the uh, the the black security guard with his love yeah. on the outside, right? Yeah, the best character in the movie. The best character in the movie. That we have that impactful scene of him getting trapped under the car and breaking his neck and everyone has to work together to save him. But the scene where they have to leave him to die is literally the next scene of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. What the fuck? Like what what possible. I just don't to me that's bad writing. I don't the pacing of that is so bad. You don't let the the moment sink in at all. Like it, it has no impact. So essentially, if they're gonna leave him to die, <laughs> maybe the time to leave him to die was whenever he was dying. Yeah. Like you save him to not have him around anymore and he doesn't yeah. really do anything after that moment either if you know what I mean like there's not a he doesn't accomplish or help in any way after he's injured which you would think that would be well, the thing well he does he tells he tells Stallone where the possible entrance to the uh, my old 
camp site stuff yeah. is. Okay, yeah, okay. I guess I blocked that out because of how lazy the right yeah. the, the, the the lazy writing of like Stallone is like, oh, what's this? And they're like, oh, it's a large bunker that for some reason has a chapel in it because the <laughs> workers needed a chapel underground. And then he, they're like. He's like, they're like, but there's no way in there. And then they get down there and that one security guard happens to know. I'm like, yeah, that's just, again, lazy yeah. film writing. So, well, it's it's uh, just one of those things. The, the pacing's wrong. Because if you have him, if you have him get hurt earlier, mm-hmm. right, and they're dragging him around. And then at the midpoint, maybe a little after the midpoint is where then they have to leave him to die. So we've had to stew in it for a while. Yeah. And then the end where Stallone, when the staircase breaks and he's trying to convince them to leave him to die. It all works like those three scenes work. They're just in the wrong spot in the movie. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Because yeah, like, none of the acting is bad. I actually really like the performance from the other cop from Monster Squad that plays George. I don't know his name, but um. <laughs> like, he's the guy that's not the dad but he's the no guy. i i've got it yeah <laughs> i didn't realize that's who it was till you said it though. yeah but um it's like he's it's a solid performance he's the best character in the movie that whole thing of him having the bracelet that he wants to return to his girlfriend as cheesy as it is for, by action movie standards it, it it's emotional and it works it's done well enough um but none of it has any impact because they don't seem to care to even try to have that emotional impact, if that makes sense. Sure. So I don't know. And, and some of it might just be Stallone's ego and him coming in and saying, I, I have to be the hero in every scene. I have to be doing like it, it all. The set, everything has to be about me and we can't have it be an ensemble piece, which is what a disaster movie should be. It should be an ensemble piece, right? The ones we've talked about that we liked were that. Agreed. Just, so uh, other things that I feel like lack impact, <laughs> having, having the uh, old lady die of hyperthermia. Fine. Oh. I'm, I'm okay with that. And the horrible stress of guy loses the dog and then loses his wife immediately. I'm okay with that, yeah. but having him lose the dog, lose the wife, and then have the dog miraculously survive two minutes yeah. later, you're like, God I, fucking damn it. <laughs> it's like, you got, <laughs> I, I don't think that that's lazy filmmaking. That is pure cowardice. Like, I agree too. I agree yeah. too. You could have had her almost dying. Like she's just kind of giving up and then you hear the dog barking and that kind of perks her up and gets her blood flowing enough that she doesn't succumb to hypothermia. Uh, yeah. I but mean, then I, then I, I would have turned ex- the movie off though. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I would have accepted that more because they, they did the uh, kind thing for the audience, which is they didn't kill the dog on screen, right? Mm-hmm. Just don't do that. Just don't kill the dog on screen. And I'm fine. I get insinuating that the dog died, but fuck me. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. So, well, something they, about that dog coming out of that tunnel and it's like, no, that tunnel is long <laughs> with multiple corners and dogs cannot hold their breath underwater like that. Like, no. The thing is, they did a good job of it, too, because there is the moment where 
the like this these two like rich characters the fucking like the howls of this movie are <laughs> fucking the whole time they're, Come along, they're, they're, they're super annoying and they keep pampering this dog and it's their whole fucking character is based around how they pamper their dog i think they're literally driving the dog to like a special dog spa when they get stuck in the tunnel and it's annoying as shit and then finally they give you this moment where they explain that their son died and ever since their son died they've kind of just turned to this dog as like their emotional support thing and that they kind of replaced their kid with this dog and well they say at some point it was, it was his dog too. yeah yeah sorry I, and it's like so all of a sudden you're like oh shit like everything about these characters now just changes context they're not this annoying rich couple who thinks their dog is the most important thing in the world they're this they're these depressed parents who lost their kid and this is all they have left and you're like that's great and then when you kill the dog and you see the impact it has on them you're like oh cool and then they're like yeah but not really though like, but oh for fuck's sakes like it's like you don't want us to be emotionally invested in your characters well the reason the dog lives and we did these movies out of order could be because of a shot of a thing in cliffhanger there is a scene where somebody shoots at a rabbit yeah and originally it blew the rabbit up but when they when they tested it Audiences hated that scene. Hated <laughs> watching a rabbit explode yeah. on screen. So then again, Stallone, out of his own pocket, paid a hundred grand to go back and reshoot the scene so that the rabbit and the rabbit got away. It's just he paid a hundred grand for fucking like stock yep. footage of a bunny. Yep, pretty much. Right. So maybe they had that on their mind, and they're like, "We can't kill the dog." Nice. But then they shouldn't have. They just shouldn't have done the the fake death either. Yeah. No. They, and you could have had that. You could have literally even had a moment where like, the, like he has to save the dog and he's like, and he turns to somebody and says like, I lost my wife. I can't lose my dog too. And you could have done it in a way that it would have worked. They, they just didn't seem to want it to work on that level. They seem to think that all this movie was, was set pieces and, and their set pieces aren't that good. Quite frankly, we haven't really talked about any of them as being great set pieces because they're not. Well, so what's, what do you have left? I w- well, I was going to say, and bringing bringing the dog back, it cheapens the wife's death in this horrible way because whenever she dies, it's kind of that moment of she has hypothermia and she she loses the will to continue and dies. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. That's pretty much yeah. it. But by bringing the dog back, you're like, oh, well, her <laughs> will to continue is <laughs> Just conveniently over there this whole time. It would, it would be like if at the end of Revenge of the Sith, Padme dies and then Anakin changes his mind and converts back to the light side. And right, she's like, right. oh, well, oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. So I think my only other big complaint in this movie is the scene at the beginning where Ryder Chick is saving the... Uh, the convicts from the the transport bus yeah. and she does the whole grabbing a <laughs> a high voltage wire with her shoes yeah because they have rubber <laughs> Be, soles it's because fun. they have rubber soles it doesn't matter that she's soaking wet like <laughs> no they were no, they were waterproof shoes so when she put her hands inside them the water couldn't get out to touch yeah. the soles so yeah that's it's fine because that's the way ele- electricity doesn't arc no uh, <laughs> but that fucking scene I feel like once again establishes her character as one thing. And then throughout the movie, she proves to be the opposite of that thing. All right. 
Does that make sense? So like, it, she, like at the, at the beginning heroic. of the movie, she does the most brave, heroic, strong character thing you can possibly do. And then she spends the rest of the movie freaking out every time right. something needs to happen. Well, right. Noah, you're forgetting that she's a woman. And that right. Stallone, oh, that is, that is what he's forgetting. Stallone is now on the scene. So all the heroic stuff should be on him. Right. Yeah. She should become a, a a bubbling mess because she doesn't know what to do. Because as a woman, her brain is smaller. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and here's the thing. I could even live with that sexist crap. Like, I could live with that if that was her character from the beginning. I don't mind a weak female character. That's fine. Like, <laughs> their weak people exist. But establishing her as a strong character and then treating her as a weak character the entire time, I just don't that I just don't fucking get. See, I agree with you. However, by the time we get to that opening scene that you're talking about, I was already done with that character because of the cartoonish opening scene she gets where she's in her. (laughs) Are you talking about battling the rats and bugs that live in her fucking apartment? Yeah, like, like, look, I get that roaches can be a problem in apartment buildings. But roaches don't just like hang out around you. They're not like <laughs> they don't just like come and sit on your lap when you're trying to read on the couch. And like, again, I know rats are a problem, but they don't hang out in your underwear drawer waiting to scare you. They would be like if she opened her food cupboard and rats had gotten in there, that might be something. But it's like it's and then she just starts trying to stab it with whatever the hell she grabs to stab it with. And I'm like, I don't know. And then she's just like, fuck this. I'm taking my one chair that I really like and I'm moving out of the town. And that's her <laughs> opening scene. She straps one chair to the roof of her car, leaves the rest of her shit there and decides to leave. She's, got, I, she's got a bunch of stuff in her trunk. That's yeah. Like no, propped open. Probably her, probably her clothes and stuff. Yeah. But I don't know. It, that one chair doesn't look nice enough to save. Well, if you're no. leaving the rest of your furniture behind. It really bothered me. So by then I'm just like, okay, yeah. I obviously knew they were going to set her up as the love interest because it's a 90s action movie. I can figure out where this is all headed. But I'm like, oh, my God, like, just why does it why does her opening sequence have to be such a cartoon? Why can't it just be like she could be a writer and she could just be at home and she could be living in a shitty apartment and get that one last rejection letter and just be like, that's it. I'm done and be leaving town. And you could still have that happen without making like without having a little Tom and Jerry in the middle of it, just for the sake of it. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think the whole gross apartment thing was supposed to be the edifying moment of gross New York. And then yeah. her, her leaving wasn't just, I'm a failed writer. It's uh, this place sucks and I fucking hate it in every way that I can hate it. Yeah. yeah. I almost expected there to be something where at the end she's like, now that I've been through this, now I feel like a true New Yorker, so I will stay. That's how she's cheesy like, it is. Just fucking, fucking Rudy Giuliani comes out of nowhere and fucking high fives her. I mean, it was it was that obvious in the filmmaking that that's what I expected. She just looks over her shoulder, sees the Statue of Liberty. She's like, you know what? Maybe this place isn't that bad. And then grabs Stone grabs uh, Stallone's hand and they hold hands as the yeah. camera zooms out to the sky shot. Exactly. I could make it here. I could make it anywhere. <laughs> Listen, that's better writing than what happened in this movie. Hey, just look at what they did to George. They had George be the best character in the movie, and then he has to say the line, get him to daylight. <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. It's like, fuck, God damn it. <laughs> this was such an emotional moment. And then you guys threw that dumb fucking line in. Why? There. This is why we shouldn't be watching 90s action movies. If we want to watch action movies, we should be looking for perfectly good 80s action movies to watch. <laughs> so <laughs> before Stallone started taking over for Schwarzenegger. No, he, like the thing that, is, he it's took that, over. It's that son of a bitch's fault. He took over every movie that he made in the 80s, too, but they, for some reason, are fantastic, and it's because they are cartoons. So you're like, it's fine. He's in a cartoon world. Everything's a cartoon. The Russian man's a giant, but as long as Stallone hangs in there, eventually he'll get punched enough times that it'll make him win for some reason. Like, it's all good. So I just want to tell you how horrible of a person I am. All right. Um, so we're watching, you know, me and Amanda are both watching this, and, you know, we're enjoying it. Like I said, I enjoy it for like a, a disaster film. Like I enjoy the disasterness of it. As we've discussed, the emotional beats and some of the the emotional connection does not work well in this movie whatsoever. Um, but at two points in this film, uh, so the fucking dog shows up, like we mentioned, which is fine, whatever. And then I was sitting there waiting and I'm just like, so what the fuck's going to happen if all of a sudden fucking George just pops up on his board? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I'm here. And then at the very end, when they, you know, get pulled out into the, to the river or whatever. And it's supposed to be this emotional thing where she's let go of them. And then, you know, she pops up and then he pops up and it's this emotional, like, Oh my God, he's still alive. And I just start laughing hysterically. And Amanda's like, what? And I'm just like, I'm just fucking imagining George just busting out of that water <laughs> on his board and just like <laughs> falling and floating in the river again. <laughs> like nothing could kill George. Uh, I, uh, I <laughs> Sure. <laughs> just tell me you wouldn't have fucking lost it. Fucking oh. George. Do you know how much just, I'd be screaming and yelling here? Some I, one-liner, some listen, stupid fucking one-liner about how like I, my my neck wasn't broken after all. I was able to just shift it back into place. Listen, there's there are two ways to vastly improve this movie. Number one, fix all the stuff we talked about. Number two, just go fucking ridiculous. If George if George popped up, it takes a deep breath and he's like, oh man. Sweat down there or something <laughs> like that. I would have been like, this is the best movie ever made. <laughs> it certainly would have altered it, the I tone did. of a movie. Yeah. I yeah. take it I take it all back. I take it back everything. This uh, fucking George is still just floating in the river, just still like tied to that board. Just like, hey guys, I'm okay. Or what when they go, like, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need that bracelet after all. <laughs> High five! What if, what if it was like after everybody else was out and they blew up the tunnel and the water came pouring out and he just glided by everybody and just waved and smiled and they're all just like, "Hey, it's George!" They're all standing in like knee deep water and he just drifts past them all. I was just thinking, like, the stretcher when, when, you guys built floats when they go back into the tunnel because they got to blow up that mud block or whatever. And so the water's like almost up to the ceiling, like just their heads are above water. Mm-hmm. Fucking George is floating on the top of the water with his nose pressed against the ceiling, just like, God damn it. <laughs> uh, 
<sighs> See, this is a good movie. It's not. <laughs> the thing is, I think I think I've been extremely harsh on it, and I like, I feel like I need to say like it's not. It's, it's worth not a watch. that. It's not that. I don't know if it's worth a watch, but like if you're working from home and it's on TBS, so you just put it on in the background. It fine. It won't ruin your day. <laughs> like you know what I mean. But like like I say, there, were there any big action sequences in this movie that you guys thought were like really intriguing? Because that seems to be what they were going for. Uh. Stallone running away from the rolling, uh, I don't know. What the fuck is that supposed to be a tanker of some sort? Yeah. Is that great though? No, it was terrible. He's running in fucking thigh high water trying to look like he's like trying to book it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I don't think, I don't think the action set pieces worked, but I think just some of the, cool big special effecty types things were cool like the giant uh wall of mud falling in whenever they blow up the tunnel was pretty cool it is all right it was them uh, getting invaded by the rats was pretty fun i liked that because i like it when rats eat people we've established that i liked it because they had to throw jesus <laughs> i did think that like they were I like yeah out of the like, way oh. jesus they were like i'm just gonna topple that statue of jesus eh? It's a completely unnecessary st- statue of Jesus. It's just here for them to knock over because the rats are like, we hide behind Jesus. You want to come with us? I was I was a little sad that I was watching that by myself because I, I really needed to look at the person next to me and jab them with my elbow and be like, hey, hey, you know, it's behind that wall. That's it's salvation. You get it. You get it. You get, it's salvation because G- Jesus is there. And then the rats are going by and Jesus because because this filmmaker is like, hey, hey, guys, hey, I came up with a fucking metaphor. Check out my cool fucking metaphor. Well, this filmmaker's got enough problems. Do you guys know what the worst action sequence in this movie was? It's when uh, Sloan was going through those big fans and uh, he kept getting stuck. But the fans, the way they're built is like if you go out, if he, if he had just stayed out towards the edge of the fan. He could have gone through just fine, but he kept trying to go through closer to the middle where the space is smaller and then he would get stuck and he would, they would show him hanging there with a much wider space, just a few inches away that he could have just gone right through. Uh, how about, how about the end where he couldn't reach the hook he needed to hook onto? So he had to tie onto the fan blade, which means in order to go down the tunnel, he had to run along the walls of the tunnel in a circle because he was, but he would have had to have done that as fast as those super fast fans spin, which is not what he was doing. <laughs> well, but the thing you're forgetting is that I blocked that out of my memory because I didn't want to just scream and yell while we had this conversation. <laughs> uh, so this filmmaker, Rob Cohen, directed yeah. the first Fast and Furious movie. Oh, for fuck's sakes. So we can thank him for all that. Uh, but what's worse is he got accused by his daughter of molesting her when she was little. So ah, damn it. Yep. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't make movies no more. Well, at least that's good. The yeah. last part, the last part, not the, not, not the part of that part. sentence. Yeah. Fuck. God yep, damn good. it, Brian. I didn't need that information in my life. <laughs> so anytime a fast and furious movie pops up. Gross. Now, now is the part where Brian points out the age of the daughter so that she's uh, she was a child when this film was being made. Is that what you're going to do us next? Or? 
Oh no, she was she was a child when it happened. Yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying he did it while he was making this movie. I was, wait, it, I was waiting for that. Did it at some point. All right. I suppose we completely left out the the character of uh, George's lady friend, who's also what city something. I don't know. She's not important. Yeah. She was yeah. She was there to support to make the George character more likable. She was fine. I, she was. I don't. For some reason, they gave her a weird accent, and then they brought it up a lot, and I didn't really understand why that was, but it didn't hurt the movie. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Al from Quantum Leap. That was the, not Dean Stockwell. Oh, it's uh, what's his name? It's the guy from it's, it's Dan Hedaya. Yeah, they're the same, listen, they're the same person. But no, I I I bring it up because we were sitting here watching it, and he showed up, and I was like, "Oh, that is that guy from Quantum Leap." But I'm like, "That's uh, that's not Dean Stockwell. That's Dan Hedaya. That's the dad from Clueless. They're the same guy. <laughs> this one was in Commando, wasn't he?" He not was the, not the other one, is it? Because I don't want to be wrong. No, that was Dan Hedaya as well. Yeah, I remember. Him from, yeah, I remember him mostly from uh, Commando and from uh, fucking Family Ties. Yeah. Like I said, I don't. I don't even know what you guys are saying because they're the same person. <laughs> not the same person. All the same. One one continual human being. Two names. Two <laughs> two different <laughs> Wikipedia pages. But besides that. So that's it. That's what you think the difference is. <laughs> Jesus. Um, one but uh, there's the, there's the whole thing where he took over is the the new chief of the fire and rescue disaster recovery, whatever the fuck they're supposed to be. Yeah. And uh, apparently he's also the guy who threw Sylvester Stallone's character under the bus that caused him to get fucked whenever all those people died. And then at the end, whenever they come out, he's He's cold and he's laying on a stretcher and the guy gives him his jacket and it says chief on it, signifying that he's he's handing him back the, the authority. Because that's how that works, by the way. You know what I'm if talking about? Just if the guy yeah. just decides to hand it over. Well, it's not the, just it's it's not just that, Doug. It's it's a metaphor. It's a real good metaphor. The guy <laughs> the guy making this movie is real good at metaphors. I'm not convinced. <laughs> Uh, one one last piece of fun trivia. Um, Stallone announced at this point that this was his last action movie <laughs> because right. he was too getting getting too old to play characters like Rocky Balboa and Rambo. Yeah, he's not and wrong. Then, and then twelve, well, he 12, was. 12 years later, you would start as Rambo. Yeah, a couple years after that as Rocky, and then a couple more years after that, Rambo again, and then Rocky again, and then Rocky again. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, he lasted. Look, he listen. He lasted a little while. He tried to do so. comedies, and we're not doing to be discussing those. Um, remember, you guys let's remember that? My mom will shoot next week. You, you guys don't remember how good Shade was. You guys don't remember Shade, the, no. mo- the movie about gamblers, where he's a gambler. The movie Shade. No. Yeah, that's no, no one gives a fuck about. about that movie. Let's see, movie he did after. Daylight was Copland. Okay, so That's, he gave it. He gave it a shot. Full disclosure: Copland is a he's it's, he has some actiony moments in it, but he plays it's mostly a dramatic film, and he mm-hmm. actually does really well in it. Opposite, like yeah. he's up against like Ray Liotta and Robert De Niro, and he does a good job. So yeah, full. That's, dis- he 
That's what I'm saying. He he gave it he gave it a good shot. He picked a good drama yeah. movie to be in. And he was in uh some movie I've never heard of called an Alan, Alan Smithy movie, Burn Hollywood Burn, must be a documentary. Yeah. Uh, the Good Life, which I never heard of. Uh, he, he, did a, he did a voice in uh, in Ants. Yeah. And then he did Get Carter, which I'm assuming uh, it's a remake of a Michael Caine movie. Yeah. And I assume very action. an action movie. That, that's very action movie. So he, he lasted four, four years. Even Ants has some action in it. Quite frankly, <laughs> I don't think I don't think he's doing voice stunts though. <laughs> so four four years he lasted on that promise. Yeah, but then nobody went it, and saw Get Carter. So because then he did some other stuff after that too. Well, he did Driven, which yeah, I guess it's actiony, but it's like a racing movie, right? Yeah, I never saw it. And I see you, which was like that terrible direct-to-video like horror movie that he did. I've never seen it. A lead detective being stalked by a serial killer is asked to check into a clinic treating law enforcement officials who can't face their jobs. <laughs> All right, I'm still not going to say it. Wait, he's in a movie called Taxi Three. Is this a sequel to Jimmy Fallon's Taxi? Yeah, but it's a cameo. Out to stop a new gang disguised as Santa Claus. <laughs> Emmeline and Daniel must also handle major changes in their personal relationships. Oh, okay. he's not even listed it, on the cast list. Hey, you know it's the only movie that matters? Cliffhanger. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doug, why don't you tell us about Cliffhanger? Um... I don't know, there's some people on a mountain. One of them dies, but that's not relevant. That whole opening sequence is basically irrelevant to the rest of the movie. And then, How uh, dare you? How dare you? A little while later, all those same characters are reunited, and uh, bad guys lose their money on the mountain, so they basically have to fight them for the whole movie. And that, like, that's the whole plot, right? <laughs> it's not... Nothing else happens in this movie. Some annoying surfer types show up, but they're tent city for most of the movie. And they use that phrase 11 times. Yeah. It's die hard on a mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To the point that they have to give him some sort of physical uh, problem to overcome. So he gets his jacket taken away from him when it's freezing out. Yeah. So he's cold for 10 minutes and then the problem just goes away. Oh, I forgot to complain about how the hypothermia is really, inconsistent in the last movie because now when i complain about it being inconsistent in this movie whether he's cold or not <laughs> i want to make sure that uh, there's consistency between the inconsistencies in the two movies <laughs> all right so what do we think of cliffhanger uh, guys want, guys that, op- that opening scene is a pop culture touch point sure yeah <laughs> mostly because ace ventura made fun of it but John, I, Lith- John Lithgow does a weird fucking accent in this movie, <laughs> and it fucks and it fucks me up because John Lithgow's such a fucking good actor. <laughs> Through this whole movie, I'm like, why? Who made this decision to have John Lithgow do this weird fucking accent? It's man, it's '90s action movies. I'm telling you, we shouldn't be watching like these mid '90s, especially. It's like, what are you doing? Like, you have that big opening sequence where you set up all this tension between the Stallone character and the Rooker character. And then they come back together for the first time, whatever it's supposed to be, like a year later or something. I don't, I don't remember. 
you're like, okay, so now they're not sure whether they can get along or not. And then they go off together with, after they get kidnapped by these bad guys. And the first time there's a moment for either one of them to help the other, they're immediately friends again. And it has no impact on the rest of the movie. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Like, at least try to tell a story, man. It's not like, like ha- have it so that maybe the audience is confused about whether Rooker is going to turn against Stallone throughout the movie, or maybe he's working with the bad guys. Maybe that's a whole thing. We don't eat anything have some level of tension in this movie where we give a shit about these characters in some way, but they just, they just don't want to, man. Is it, is it weird that I completely fucking forgot that Michael Rooker was in this movie until it started? Oh, and then I was like, Oh yeah, fucking Michael Rooker. I forgot too. So I got like, I got excited when I saw him because both of these are first time watches for me. So like when oh, I see really? Rooker come in, like I'm thinking like, I know Lithgow is the bad guy in this movie, right? Cause just, it's a movie. I've heard of it before, but I'm thinking, okay, like Lithgow and Stallone aren't going to have a throwdown fist fight at the end of this, but Rooker and Stallone could, and that could be really good. Like, so that's what the whole time I'm thinking is when Stallone comes back as he's going to be the hero, obviously I'm thinking Rooker's going to switch sides and be working with the bad guys in this movie. And they're like, nah, that's too complex. We don't need that level of storytelling. <laughs> just, they'll just be friends again, five minutes after they see each other, even though, they had that there's supposed to be tension here yeah i can see rooker more as the bad guy in this movie sure yeah like if he if they'd gotten up on the mountain and then stallone realizes like oh shit like rooker is working with these guys and like you know he hates me so he's doing it for a chance to get back at me he doesn't care about the money or whatever and then that eventually leads to like the final fight being those two that's a that's a much better story and a much more interesting fight and everything about it like and then you still have you still have Lithgow there as like the ringleader of the bad guys because he could do that if you took away his accent he'd be just fine. <laughs> yeah, but then I don't. But then you don't have great set pieces like. Uh, Can you think of any? Wait, wait for it. Nope, never mind. <laughs> come on he's got to climb up that little ice tunnel and then you know yeah get to the like, top and the it's whole so weird though, the whole they, free climbing thing where every scene you're supposed to be like oh shit he's free climbing again yep maybe so don't cool. open the movie with several lines of dialogue about how he's the best climber ever and then have the only challenge he faces in the whole movie be climbing and you're like i wonder if he'll make it he is the best <laughs> climber ever <laughs> I mean, it's already Sylvester Stallone. We already know that he's not going to fucking like die or whatever. Like we know he's the hero of the movie, but then to also have it so that like, like you see, he got cold once and then they're just like, Oh, there's a sweater in this house that we found on the top of this mountain. And now you get to cuddle with your ex-girlfriend for a while. Uh, uh, What? Like that's your tension in your movie. I mean, he does gorilla press a dude up into a stalactite, which is pretty dope. Yeah. Cause we all know, like if there's one thing mountain climbers are known for, it's their ability to gorilla press people. Like, so those go hand in hand. <laughs> and he straps one of the convenient GPS trackers they have on every single bag of money. Yeah. Uh, to a rabbit at one time. That's pretty cool. Is it? All no. right. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was not impressed by this movie. I don't know if you guys are getting that impression or not, but yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, was... there, I, like, I can only think of three moments. Well, four. We'll include the opening scene because the, the chick falling or whatever. Fine. That's 
dramatic. I think I, I think the opening scene is well done. I'll yeah. give the I'll give the film that. I wish that the rest of the movie was somehow connected to that opening scene through plot or character, but it's it's pretty much a standalone moment. Yeah, the the gorilla press stab pretty dope. It was fun, Mike, fun to watch. Yeah, nonsensical, uh, but Michael Rooker nonsensically baiting that guy into almost murdering him so that he can then pull out a knife and stab the guy in the foot and kind of turn the tables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I mean, he had a knife the whole time. He could have pretty probably could have used that knife sooner. <laughs> he didn't have it the whole time. Though. Well, w- th- during that scene, he had it in his book. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Then instead, he's like, hey, dude, with a gun, you're a piece of shit. Fuck you and fuck your mom. <laughs> you <know? laughs> That's the Rocky Three strategy, though. Of, like, just right. keep getting punched until you're so mad that you get to punch him back. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty dope. And then I, I kind of like the moment where they're doing the final exchange at the end to get the girl back. And... Uh, Lithgow's like, throw me the money, and he throws the money into the helicopter's blades. <laughs> the thing is, they that moment, they dragged it out so long. Like, he stands there for, I don't know, conservatively 11 and a half minutes, just staring at those blades, going, I bet you I could throw the money that high. Like, you know what I mean? And you're just like, he's clearly going to throw the money into those blades. He's going to do it. He's going to do it any minute now. And I'll just get up and go get a snack. And now I'm back and I'm sure he's going to throw the money into those blades now. <laughs> it just, it takes forever. Like as if they were trying to, it's, it's the filmmaking equivalent to people who like very, 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 very much. See, I got my essay to the <laughs> right number of words. And then I do like, I like the ridiculous wrap up at the end too, when the cops finally get there and they're like, where are all those guys? And the, Stallone and Rooker are like, oh, we murdered them on this mountain. And they're like, good. <laughs> We're oh, glad you murdered them. And then Rooker says, yeah, he's 4,000 feet south wearing a helicopter. <laughs> it's like, fuck, that's a fucking stupid line. It's just so fucking stupid. They should, the the person who wrote this movie should be writing to Michael Rooker every day and just apologizing, apologizing <laughs> for putting so, that no. line in that. Could you Sylvester, imagine Sylvester Stallone? Uh, Sylvester Stallone wrote the screenplay. Did he? Could you yes. imagine though, poor, poor Michael Rooker having to read something every day that was written as bad as this movie though. That's not fair. <laughs> That's atrocious. Um, did you know this movie's in the Guinness Book of World Records? Or the highest what? movie? For the most expensive single stunt in a movie? For what? So they paid a stunt guy a million dollars to do the stunt without any safety equipment. Um, just to make it look good on screen. Because if he dies, I guess they don't have to pay him. Um, the thing where he goes between planes on the on the rope he only had to do okay. it once they, he only had to do it once and they paid him a million dollars to do it i don't i don't know if that shot's worth a million dollars i don't either why did it, I it was pretty or, or a human being's life it was pretty yeah, like, badass looking but yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah it, it looked all right but i just i assumed watching it that there was safety equipment somewhere that, that they just did a good job of if you did that shot well there's no reason why there couldn't be safety equipment right yeah. Well, apparently there's a whole thing on this movie. Rennie Harlan, 
uh, directed it, and he was unhappy with a lot of stuff because a lot of the stunt double stunt climbers you could see their safety lines. Mm-hmm. So he essentially made them not use safety lines while climbing in this movie. It was 1996. They could edit shit like that. Hurts. Like, 1993. I don't know. I don't find that. I do not find that acceptable. There's nothing in this movie. <laughs> I don't that, either. There's nothing in this movie that like, because sometimes you're like Tom Cruise flew on the outside of a plane and you're like, all right. First of all, he's the, he's Tom Cruise. He gets to make that decision. You know what I mean? It's not some other awesome. guy coming and telling you to do it. And second also, of all, like, the worst thing we lose if something goes wrong is Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> like these are innocent. Satan's will be released. Noah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't I don't know that anything in this movie looks good enough that they should be putting people's lives at risk for it. Yeah, here it is. The film is in the Guinness Book of World Records for the costliest aerial stunt ever performed. Something was paid a million dollars across once between two planes at fifteen thousand feet without the aid of any safety devices or trick photography. Insurance the insurance company refused to insure a stuntman for this, so Sylvester Stallone ordered to reduce his own fee for the movie by the amount the stunt cost to produce in order that the film could be made. Stunt was filmed in the United States as such a stunt is illegal in Europe where most of the film was shot. It's legal in the States though. You know why? Cause that's a poor guy that had to do that. Um, I did while I was trying to find the information, which you just read, I did find that in the credits, this, this is a very American thing too. Yeah, is that, I thought this was funny. There's, yeah, they had to put a special thing in saying that the reason that that harness broke at the beginning of the movie is because we altered one to make it break so that, don't worry, we're not saying they made bad harnesses. We don't need to get sued for that. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, apparently also in the original cut shown to test audiences, there was a 40-foot jump from one cliff to another that Gabe Walker had to perform the scene appears in the theatrical trailers to the film, but it was cut because test audiences laughed out loud when they saw it and thought it was totally impossible. Clip of the jump was redone and used for a shorter jump off a cliff near the end of the film using computer graphics and special effects. Yeah. So they were already doing special so, effects so to, the, to hide stuff. So they absolutely could have just edited yeah, out the totally. fucking lines. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying, so, so what they did there they edited the jump to make it look like a smaller jump to make people believe it, even though it was a real jump. Apparently that's, 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 that's pretty fucking funny. That's that makes sense. You know what they should uh, have done? Spent a little money on marketing and had it advertised as look at these crazy fucking stunts. These mountain climber guys did. Yeah. And then you go into it thinking all these stunts are real. Holy shit. Yeah, because I, I am a little bit more impressed by the stunt work, knowing that they were working like without harnesses and shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not happy about it, but I'm more impressed by their work. Yeah. I'm just a little disappointed that they put in all that effort to put those stunts in this movie. Yeah, it seems um, right. It seems wrong. There was a scene that stuck out to me. And I don't know if you guys thought this when it happened, but they got like the two surfer guys that are into oh, like. Fuck. Base jumping and shit. Guys? We do because there's a scene where they jump off of a cliff, like at the beginning. We're yeah. Like we're totally gonna fucking base jump off this. It's gonna be great. And they jump off a scene and they don't do like a big jump. It li- literally looks like they just like hop off. 
And then they cut to, it looks like they've just jumped off a floating island, apparently, because now they're, like, free-falling down to the face of the earth. Yeah. And I'm just like, did you guys watch this when you edited it? Because it looks fucking terrible. Every moment that involves those two characters is, first of all, it's superfluous. You do not need it. So that's how you should have edited it, by taking them out. And the other thing is it's terrible on every imaginable level. Every word of dialogue they say is terrible. The performances are bad. It's just, it's, they're an embarrassment to this movie. And that's saying quite a bit considering the rest of the movie. Um, I don't understand how those thing those two characters were allowed to stay in this movie. What about the scene where they're driving and they're like casually chatting as they drive down the highway by rolling down their windows and talking to, is it they're talking to the Stallone character, I think. And he's just driving along and they just pull up beside him. I'm like, that's not how that works. They're not even screaming. They're just casually chatting as they drive. And he's, th- there's even a seat between him and them because he's in his driver's seat and they're in the, the other lane. Like <laughs> everything about those two characters is just annoying. And if they, if, I swear to God, if they had used the phrase tent city one more time, I was going to lose my fucking mind. Ah, <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I think I bumped this up just because it made you so angry. <laughs> it's probably, it's got to go back in and edit his letterbox rating. That's right. <laughs> Extra <laughs> half a star. Up. Yeah. I did. I give it anyway. You better not have given it something good. I probably did because I, I remember thinking it was okay last night. The more I've thought about it, the less I like it, though. That's definitely um, part of my problem is that I think about movies too much, and I'm like, I can't. No, actually, I forgot to give it a review last night. So. It's not. That's what yeah. it deserves. That's accurate. Like, <laughs> like it's not a complete steamy pile of shit. It's just not a good movie. Yeah. So that's it's that's almost, where it falls. It falls into the category of mediocre. And no, my, my opinion is always that mediocre is the worst it could be. I gave it's, it two and a half. I think it's worse than mediocre. It's my opinion. Subpar. Yes. All right. Well, anything else? Do we want to take a break and then talk about something else? <laughs> Everybody seems really angry at this movie. It's Oh, yeah. We forgot to talk about in daylight about the Rome thing. <laughs> yeah. That. So they they shot three months in Rome, and it's most of the tunnel stuff, okay. specifically because I can't remember the name of the studio, but there's a great big soundstage studio in Rome that specifically has a ton of studios that are designed to be flooded, and that's it. They needed because they needed all those fucking flooded corridors and shit to walk through. Uh, sure, I don't hate that. <laughs> I kind of like that idea that it's just there in case. But yes, but you guys flow but then they things, right? But then they spent $3,600 a day for three months for uh, fucking uh, Stallone's goddamn hotel I, room. I can't. I, I just can't get my head around that. I don't. That, that's what's immoral to me, the existence of that hotel. <laughs> I just like just don't have that. Why do you have to have that? It's probably been around for like thousand years or some shit. Yeah, but still don't have it. I mean, you could go. Let's say we take that down to one third of that price. Right. Twelve hundred so, a night. So twelve hundred a night. How do how do you feel now? Because I'm still like, that's way too much fucking money. Well, and twelve hundred a night now doesn't sound that bad. But twelve hundred a night in nineteen ninety three dollars. 
1200 a night now sounds expensive. I think, uh, I'm not like, saying it sounds cheap. Like $150 a night is a cheap hotel room. And to me, $600 a night is an expensive hotel room. Yeah. Well, the idea of $1,200, that's twice what I think an expensive hotel room is. The idea to me that you're spending $3,600 a night on a hotel room, you could get an apartment. You could get an apartment for a year, like sign a year lease, and it would be cheaper. They should do that. That makes more sense. I don't know. But it's not, it's not, uh, it's not expensive for a star of his stature. That's really all it's about. I know, but God damn it. <laughs> Why do we talk about this part of it? I was already annoyed by the other part of it. Why do we have to talk about this too? Suck it. <laughs> Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. So what everybody watched since last week? A couple things. Uh, did I, t- I talked about Super Pets on the last show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I did watch Prey. Hmm. The the predator predator prequel movie thingy doodad and it's all right it's pretty good yeah I don't, I, it's better than all right it's good I, I liked it as well I don't I think this is the part of the show where we're all going to argue about a very small difference in opinion <laughs> yeah not really but yeah I mean yeah, I thought it was good you know I, really I thought. Liked. New, new Predator looked real cool. Yep, I thought the uh, they did a really good job of making it look like a Predator with less good equipment, which I thought was actually kind of neat. I'm I'm not sure why they made it so much bigger. Um, I don't think it's a case of necessarily being a lot bigger. It's just they're you're, you're being judgmental because all Predators can be any size, like. You have to mock the other ones for being shorter. Yeah, you should. Uh, you said you didn't watch Predators, right, Noah? Yeah, yeah. It's the only. It's the only other one I haven't they, seen. They do establish there are different like tribes in that one, and some of them are like nine feet tall. Okay. Because I think well, like well, even, then, I, then I accept that. Because I think even the Schwarzenegger one is supposed to be like seven foot tall or something. Yeah. And they don't show them standing back to back or anything, but I think that's. It's supposed to. Well, I feel like it was taller than Schwarzenegger, and he's a big guy. So. Yeah, yeah. I I really only have like my my quibbles with the movie are pretty minor. Like, so she's supposed to. The whole idea is supposed to be this girl who's perceived as weak who wants to become a hunter, right? Which is the the great parallel of the predator story, because that's also what they're doing. But you're supposed to like pretend that she's weak, even though starting at the beginning of the movie, she's basically a fucking superhero with her rope tomahawk magic. Yeah. Mm. 
which robs it. Like, it's dumb. You're like, oh, yeah, I have no confidence in fucking she-woman of the forest (laughs) who fucking is going to destroy everyone with her mega tomahawk. Well, I don't think you're supposed to think she's not confident because I think she's pretty confident in herself. It's just that nobody else around her is confident strictly because she's a woman. Yeah, I think the idea is, yeah, that she... It's not that she isn't competent or confident it's that she has to prove herself to the rest of the tribe specifically to her brother and stuff like that right right but i'm not talking about that i'm talking specifically about her versus predator you're supposed to be convinced that there is a potential that she will not succeed in her battle against predator look if you think that she was not going to win that fight then you probably also thought that uh Schwarzenegger was going to lose. That's that's the level of logic we're dealing with here. So, I don't know. Well, but with Schwarzenegger, he's a ridiculous cartoon character, but he's in a cadre of ridiculous cartoon characters that all get massacred pretty easily. Which is supposed to set that stage. And I mean, and in part two, uh, let's be honest. Glover probably shouldn't have won that fight. <laughs> right? What? <laughs> like, like the fact that he comes out on top is maybe what damaged the franchise irreparably. I don't understand what you're complaining because about Danny Glover. Because it's like racism is all this, this is. This this middle aged wheezing man can take down a predator. I think anybody can do it. <laughs> That in the last movie he was in, he was complaining about how he was too old for this shit. Right. That was the last movie. This is this is a completely different discussion. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, that's a, I think that's really my own complaint. Maybe I'd complain a little bit that I think the CGI on the bear was a little uh, slapdash. Yeah. It was off. Sure. I mean, I, I when it comes to stuff like that, I was perfectly happy giving it the benefit of the doubt of like, okay, you're. Uh, Straight to video type movie. Yeah, it's so. it's straight it's straight to streaming. I'm I'm not gonna fucking downgrade this movie because of some shitty bear CGI. Huh. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I even don't hate the the MacGuffin of the magic flower that drops your body temperature apparently to to room temperature <laughs> without killing you somehow. It's Native Amer- Native American magic. Come on. Yeah. I did kind of uh, there's this whole weird thing in the movie where they're speaking Cherokee, but they're doing the movie Comanche. where they're Comanche. Sorry. What, what the fuck ever? How racist, <laughs> racist asshole. I was getting ready to say <laughs> speaking of racist assholes. So they took it and instead of doing it in that language, they did it in English and just well, pretended that's what was going on. You can actually on Hulu watch it in the Comanche dub. Yep. Is that right? Because yep. I mean, judging There's judging by the lip movement, it's filmed in English. Probably. Yeah. But they yeah, specifically wanted to do a version that was completely Comanche. Uh, see, I'm, I I think I'm actually more down with that. But occasionally they drift and they start speaking Comanche, which makes that whole illusion not make a whole lot of sense because. What what are they speaking normally if they're actually speaking are they speaking sub Comanche? <laughs> like is yeah. it a it, I I I just put on my action movie brain and said 
they're actually speaking Comanche. It's just the movie's yeah. in English so that right. you can understand it. In, in which in which I accept that, and I don't necessarily have a problem with movies doing that. It was just, I don't know, it felt weird in this particular circumstance for some reason, and I don't know what it is that I don't like about it. Uh, although I do like the fact that they made the the French fur traders into <laughs> subhuman monsters, which is pretty well, dope. That's the the part I found hilarious is that like the movie is doing this like oh she's a girl but she can fight predators too storyline which is fine like I didn't have a problem with it but then I'm like I'm seeing people online complain about how it's like a woke film and I'm like yeah when it came to portraying the French they gave up on that they're like no no we're still allowed to badmouth French people that's just fine <laughs> I oh that was see the funny thing is I, funny I think those people bitching about the wokeness are looking at it as oh look the white people are portrayed as being a bunch of evil pieces of shit it. and it's like well first of all they were <laughs> was that oh okay i don't even know if i understood the complaint about this is how little i care what those people think so oh yeah oh yeah very much they were like look they're portraying all white people as bad and all native people as good and it's like i don't i don't think that's what that movie did no i think it was like the the french fur traders that were slaughtering buffalo by the thousands and not even harvesting the usable bits were pieces of shit and they were yeah, yeah i agree with that yes yeah like i i did not find the movie for, for regards how you want to look at it. i did they didn't get caught up in all that kind of uh politics and all that it was just this character is trying to prove that she's a good hunter and she successfully does that and they i mean the obvious thing of like oh yeah she's out there to battle the creature that is also hunting her and then the next thing you know predators show up you're like all right i'll take it did you guys did you guys like the callback scene of her dumping the uh the predator into the quicksand and then the predator could rise up out of the mud like uh, arnie yep. <laughs> i enjoyed i did enjoy that yes it's pretty it's pretty dope yeah. i'm not i'm not complaining i'm just saying so this yeah, is the thing yeah. they did there's lots and, of that uh, shit i, I even liked, article about it i even liked her speech that she gives there at the end, whenever she's relating herself for the fight, the whole, you know, you're an idiot. And you don't even know that I'm killing you. And and it's not going to know it either. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I like to I even got along with like her and her brother when they kind of like started working together to fight the predator. And he's like sacrifices himself like, oh, it sees me as the thing. I'm like, that's so cheesy action movie logic. But I'm like, I'm down for it. Like, it sees me as the threat. So now I can fight it and then it'll be injured when you fight it. It's like, all right, sure, whatever. <laughs> I kind of, I do really like uh, the the resolution of the film in the idea that, y- yes, uh, obviously she's a fucking superhero character. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think if anybody denies that, they're fucking not watching this movie. But they kind of do a different thing in this where generally the idea in the Predator movie is that the the big macho masculine dude has to rise up and overpower the predator. And in this one, it's more like she just outsmarts it. Yeah. And part of that is the, the whole point of setting it in the era they set it in is to have it be more basic. She can't go get a giant gun and blow it up. And you know what I mean? Right. I just realized I didn't reset the recording. We're still recording. 
Okay. I just, I just oh. didn't, oh. I didn't put the break in. So I was oh. awing all the, all the work I'm going to have to do later. It's fine. <laughs> I was getting ready to be like, fuck. We're good. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's worth a watch. I mean, it's, it's streaming, so you ain't spending no extra money. Yeah. What do you got to lose? Do we want to talk about the big Easter egg at the very end of it? Is it a big Easter egg though? Yeah, for me, it was. All right. Then yes. Let's talk about it. Let's make Brian happy by talking about it. No, I mean, if you don't want to be spoiled, jump ahead. So if you're still here, you're going to hear it. So you haven't jumped ahead yet. It's your own fault. Um, yeah, we see the gun from Predator 2, which I was happy and excited about. Apparently, That's I was fun. the only one. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it, I didn't really care. Um, <laughs> except, except, you know what that kind of means, which is fucked up? Means the Predators come back. That means, yeah, that means the Predators came back and killed her and took that fucking gun. <laughs> which, I didn't watch the credits, but apparently the yeah. credits are animated. Like, And there is a scene where three predator ships show up to the tribe before the credits end. So yeah, yeah. you see it in an animated sequence. It actually looks pretty neat, but I don't know. Or they took the gun as a sign of respect and they don't yeah. actually kill everything that they keep trophies from. Maybe I was going to say, cause that's a little weird. Cause usually in the, uh, the comic books and in previous movie things, if you kill a predator, they kind of uh, back off because you you're now one of them. Kind of you're an equal. Yeah, but they may have been coming to pick up their their dead predator. I don't know. Yeah, and she's just yeah. like, you guys want this gun too? <laughs> yeah, they don't. They don't completely spell it out, so we won't know. But apparently, the director wants to do a sequel. And since it's apparently Hulu's number one original thing ever in the streamer's history, probably going to let him. Oh, all right. I don't know if I want a sequel. Like I, what I like about this movie is that they just did the type of sequel that I think predator deserves, which is like, yeah, well, what if predator in a, and then a different environment? Yeah. Right. So, and, that, and it could be that. I we mean, don't know what the sequel is going to be. That's what I'm saying. Like Vikings, Vikings are super hot right now. Why not? Sure. Viking versus predator. That's dope. Yeah. I, well, I don't have a complaint about that. Lots Sam, people are saying samurai. samurai. Yeah. Samurai versus predator. I'm fucking down. That sounds interesting to me. So we'll see. What about drunk redneck guy? <laughs> redneck guy versus predator. Just fucking the... Florida, Florida man fights predator. <laughs> I heard a podcast I listened to once proposed that the predator should do a crossover. And then that means you have predator come down on purge night. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird one. <laughs> I actually don't even hate that, though. That's the weird part. I was going to say, you would watch it. Predator hunting Godzilla. I'd watch it. I think Godzilla would win. You think so? Especially modern Godzilla, where he's like, basically, if he's standing on the face of the earth, he's like his head's out in space. (laughs) Yeah, so watch that. And then uh, I haven't finished the entire first season yet, but I've been watching Sandman. I got four episodes left. I think I've got three left. I don't know where I'm at on it. So it's good. Like they're following the comic books pretty close. And I assume I've never read them. 
and the acting is fine. I mean, they got a pretty great cast and shit. I don't know. I there's something wrong with it though. I don't. I don't know what it is. I think it's. I think the comic books are so visually driven, and I feel like the show does not have the necessary budget to live up to what it needs to be. Yep. If, I've if, I've been if, loving it. So yeah. I mean, you have moments. You have those moments where it just. I don't know. It looks so fucking good, and it looks so much like the comic books, and you're like, yeah. And then it kind of cuts back, and it's like, ah, we're back to just whatever the fuck they're doing. <laughs> I, sure. I know nothing about this. I've never read the comics. I don't, I've never seen the show. So I'm just kind of casually staying out of this conversation. You should watch it. It's enjoyable. I may get around to it. It's a bit, it's weird. The weirdest part about it is that it actually is like Canon in the DC universe, which makes it real fucking weird. <laughs> whatever you take it in the context of superheroes and shit. And then the weirdest part is that the, the comic book and the show cross over with a bunch of, uh, characters who have TV shows currently. No, not anymore. Well, not anymore, but they had this great opportunity to like use those people and opted to go weird with it. I actually they opted want it. To- and actually, they opted to go weird in the same direction both times. They gender swapped the characters both times, which is weird. Weird decision. That is weird. Um, do it at but, once. Uh, do it at once. You're like, I don't care. Doing it twice. You're like, OK, now it feels intentional. That's like, <laughs> you know, just got awkward. I think they um, want to make sure that they're not connected to anything else which I don't blame them for not wanting to be connected with anything else DC right now, but well, I don't know. I suppose. See, see, but I think people, people not knowing that Lucifer is a comic book character. I could see. And especially cause they're doing Lucifer in hell rather than Lucifer on vacation, which is what the show <laughs> focuses on. But, I think Constantine's in the lexicon now. Like people know who the fuck Constantine is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's become a problem because fucking the last set of Warner Brother people who made decisions. Not that the current one's doing much better. Had this weird notion where you can only if they're doing a big, a big movie or something with. A character, then you can't have him on the TV show. So Supergirl ended up getting canceled because they decided they were going to do a Supergirl show. It's and so weird. Fucking J.J. Uh, Abrams decided to buy up Constantine rights to do a John Constantine movie. And uh, so then they took John Constantine off of Legends of Tomorrow, but then kept the actor and had him play somebody else. It's So he could still be on the following season. That is bizarre. On Legends of Tomorrow. And then that got canceled. They make such fucking weird decisions. They're so fucked over there, man. It's so ridiculous. And they were setting up a really funny joke for that show. And the fact that they canceled it means we'll never get that. And that makes me sad. And that was Donald Faison. Was I guess he played Booster Gold in an episode. And he had been told he was going to be a season regular if they got picked up for another season. And Zach Braff was pushing real, real fucking hard to be Ted Cord, <laughs> just to have a, a weird Scrubs reunion superhero joke. And I actually thought that'd be pretty great. 
That would be good. Yeah. So they make really stupid decisions. I don't know what. Yeah, but they but had. Some, but somehow, Flash, a Flash TV show and a Flash movie are not a problem. Even though I guess technically the show will officially be over by the time the movie comes out. I'm still not convinced that movie's coming out. Uh, but I think they are okay with having both since one Flash is a lot less problematic than the other one they have in the moment. Why is that? Because <laughs> Ezra Miller's a fucking disaster. That, what a fucking toxic piece of shit that <laughs> from, dude is. He is from, just unstoppable. From now on, when they're screening actors, they're definitely going to ask whether you're a cult leader or not in the <laughs> initial interview before you even get past. Like, uh, How do you feel about abducting children? Like, Yeah. I'm against it. Okay, good. You're you're already ahead of the Fucking last guy. Christ. But yeah. I'll tell you what. So the the chick version of Constantine, she's all right. Mm-hmm. I, do, I don't I don't think I have any complaints that they she hits all of the uh, notes that the Constantine character needs, and I don't think his gender ever plays a big part in who he is. I mean, the whole thing is that he's a piece of shit, and a woman can be a piece of shit. So. Well, he's he's also bisexual, so. Yeah, yeah, it all it, it all works out. Right. Yeah, uh, and then Lucifer is played by uh, what? What the fuck's her name? Big chick from fucking Game of Thrones, uh, <laughs> Gwendolyn something. Yeah, the huge know. one. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah she played fast. Uh, everyone in the, everyone in the knows who you mean. Yeah. Everyone yeah, knows who everybody, you mean. Nobody knows her name. <laughs> yeah, she's she's huge, and she looks really good at Lucifer as Lucifer, and they gave her this fucking hairdo that. I get what they were going for. It's that tight blonde curl cherubic mm. hairstyle that you see in artwork of Satan a lot. But fuck, it looks really bad on camera. <laughs> it looks real bad. I was like, oh, Lord of hell looking fucking dumb. <laughs> That's funny. But besides that, I mean, her performance is fine. It was just a bad stylistic choice. Uh, Yeah. And besides that, I don't know, because it flows it flows weird, too. The comic books are weird to begin with. And so the the first what, because you've been watching it, too, Brian, the first f- four episodes are kind of a singular through line story. Yeah. And then it immediately deviates from that and becomes purely episodic. Mm, sure. And then if it does what the comic books does, I think it's all going to kind of flow back together at the end and kind of be like, yes, but all this matters because of this. Sure. Which is, uh, I I still got four episodes left. So yeah, which once again, it's all fine. It's just, I don't know. I want to see more dream doing crazy dream stuff and not dream walking around being sad boy, (laughs) even though, once again, I can't complain too much because that's what most of the comic book is, is dream walking around being a sad boy. Mm. Yeah, some of the episodic stuff has been pretty good, though, like him piling around with his sister and her going on her death appointments. It's yeah. An interesting one. And then although him, once once again, that doesn't that doesn't quite flow right, does it? Uh, I don't know. Because in the from well, in the first few episodes, there's the whole thing of I've got to get my stuff back. OK, you should go ask your one of your brothers and sisters to help you. And he's like, no, I can't do that. We don't speak. We all hate each other. And then two episodes later, he's like, ah, oh, my sister, who I love. <laughs> and it's like, what? You just 
just the other episode, you went on a whole fucking rant about how you can't contact them. I don't know. From what I've read, though, they're pretty much going issue by issue of the comic series. Right. I don't know. It's been uh, it's been forever since I read it. I mean, it's Neil Gaiman wrote it. So, you know, it's good. Mm hmm. And and, he, and he's directly involved with the show too. Like he sounds like he's pretty hands on with it, right? And and something you have to accept going into it is that it's it is purely character driven. There is yeah. like action and stuff that happens occasionally, but it's yeah. purely yeah, it's about not, who it's not, Dream not a, is. Yeah, it's not a superhero show at all. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, the endless. They're a fucking weird. <laughs> It's a weird fucking thing. It's it's super weird whenever he starts crossing over into other comic books and you're like, okay, please don't do this because this is just, it doesn't make any fucking sense to have Superman in the same world where fucking dream and desire and anger are fucking actual people. Superman's got a dream too. Right. It's a, it's a Netflix show, right? Yeah. Okay. Although, yeah, it sounds yeah. like like all the DC stuff that is on HBO is in real trouble right now. So, yep. Like, I honestly well, wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if they canceled this too. But we'll see. We'll see. Well, although what I'm reading, it sure doesn't sound like a lot of it's getting canceled. It sure sounds like a lot of it's getting folded in to become regular series instead of Max exclusive. Well, Max is going away entirely is what I'm right. So, right. Well, they're turning it into one thing because it's dumb for it to have been two things in the fucking first place. But there's, I think most, I, uh, what I'm hearing is that a lot of stuff that's going to be, that's made for Max is just going to go away. Yeah. They're, they're basically just going to use it as, um, a place to house all their stuff after their stuff is, premiered everywhere else. So it sounds like they're pretty much going to be done doing original stuff on HBO Max. Right. Except, except they're, but they're still going to be making HBO originals, which is essentially uh, the exact fucking same thing. The only difference is those air on HBO and then go to streaming. Yeah. Yeah. But they want pretty much all DC stuff, if possible, to go directly to theaters. They do not want any original DC stuff like movies on the service. Um, sounds like they want to use as many heroes in the theater movie, theatrical movies rather than series. I wonder, I wonder if that's because they spent $11 billion re-editing a bad fucking movie for a bad fucking director. Cause a bunch of fucking <laughs> stupid fucking fanboys really wanted to see that other cut of that stupid fucking movie. To be fair, it was only another 75 million. Don't use phrases like only another 75 no. million. But they already spent how much making the movie? For Warner Brothers, though, that's nothing. Is it? Then no. it did give them a lot of subscribers up front for HBO Max. See, that whole thing would have made sense if they just let him re-edit the movie. But to give him that much money to go out and film new stuff after the fact is just ludicrous. Well, I think a lot of it was special effects budget since pretty much everything was green screen and whatnot. Well, and they had to reshoot Henry Cavill so that they could get his not fucked up lip. <laughs> well, I think they just went back to the original footage for him. They didn't have to like reshoot anything. 
Dude with his fucked up ass CGI lip. God damn it. Um, I'm pretty much just I'm letting that shit show fly. Just I I won't be involved in anything DC for now. But they have a 10 year plan to compete with Marvel, Doug. Yeah, I'm sure they do. I mean, the the funny thing is the only things I super give a shit about with DC are all the things that are getting ready to die. Like the fucking the Harley Quinn show. I fucking I'm a pretty big fan of. I've heard that one's safe because it actually does really well on the service. Yeah. Uh, Doom Patrol. I've not heard is, about that yet. That, may, that will probably end up getting canceled. Yeah, it's probably going to die because I, I still think even after fucking three seasons of gold, normies haven't figured out that it's great yet. Titans uh, is, looks like it's on the way out, too. Yeah, but t- Titans wasn't great to begin with. I enjoyed the first two seasons. I it's not. I didn't once finish again, this last third season yet. Yeah, once I was going to say, once again, it's not terrible. It's just not good enough to rise above anything in which in the era of infinite streaming competition, you got to like stand out a little bit. I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, other than the movies, Black Adam, I'm excited about. Shazam 2, yeah. I'm excited about. Yep, those the, are good. The, the end. Like, How do you... Like, how are they going to do a 10-year plan if they're still making these movies that are based on the stuff that happened before their plan? Uh, I think uh, the Flash movie is supposed to rectify a lot of that shit. Plus, they keep changing changing their mind every 35 minutes. Yeah, they need to fucking stop and give it a couple of years and put together their plan and then proceed and start from scratch again. But they're not going to do that. Until they do that, they're not going to fix anything. So... No, time travel shenanigans in the Flash movie is supposed to yeah, set sorry, everything. It's not going to fucking work. Once, once again, I really, really hope that it fucking ends the way I want it to, <laughs> in which they introduce the new Flash at the end of that movie, and they just don't fucking tell Ezra Miller that they changed the <laughs> ending of the movie. And it's going to be so fucking funny. I'm on board. Just to have him pop pop out of the speed force, and he's just a different guy. It'd, It'd be, be so much better. Oh my god! Oh my god! I would be like, yes, <laughs> yes, Water Brothers, come to the dark side. In a world where they shelved Bad Girl, I don't. I still think it's very plausible that that movie never comes out. I just there was nothing about that Bad Girl movie that I gave any kind of a fuck about, other than Michael Keaton. Okay, there you go. That's enough, though. Yeah, it it would be if it was old man Batman movie, but it's not. It's Batgirl the movie with fucking Michael Keaton in it. <laughs> like, but, well, but I but I think the is, point of it was supposed to be that he was supposed to do the Batman yeah. Beyond type of stuff where he was going to be her mentor throughout the movie. Yeah, I, I assumed that's what it's going to be. He's not that's, just. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Like, but they're not just going to have him being like Batman and pretend he's not old. I don't think. Yeah, well, he's in the suit, so he's going to be Batman at some point. But I don't know. yeah, but hopefully, limited. hopefully, Flash just cuts everything fucking off, and we're just done with all that shit. Which I know we're not, but I can pretend. And then Black Adam's really good, and then Shazam Two is really good, and they're like, "Hey, let's just focus on all this stuff," and then we could all be like, "Yay!" Because you could you could do Shazam Two and Black Adam as their own things. Assuming that they're smart enough to film them this way now and just have that not connected to everything else you're doing. Well, did you watch Shazam, uh, Doug? I did. It's been a while. It's not really connected directly to anything else, right? Like, uh, there's refer- there's references to Superman and Batman in it, but... 
an Aquaman. Not an Aquaman. But there's not. We don't see the actors. We don't. Is, uh, there, do, is, there, is there anything in it that says it takes place in the DCEU? I guess not. I, I think there's only, there's only one thing that concerns me that the Black Adam movie is going to connect to the greater DC universe. And that is, I have a hard time believing Dwayne Johnson signed that contract without it explicitly being said somewhere in there that at least once he gets to beat the living shit out of Superman. (laughs) Apparently he's been lobbying to get uh, Henry Cavill back for it. That's what I'm saying. You know, he wants it. You know, he wants it because Black Adam's one of the few characters (laughs) that are a villain that can just legit do that. Just beat the fucking holy shit out of Superman. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're still making fucking Aquaman too for some goddamn reason. I just, I don't, I don't understand how it's possible that they can't see that everything has failed and give up and start from scratch. Well, because the problem is, is technically they haven't failed because they've still made money. They haven't made the type of money that they could make if they made good movies, but they don't care about that because they made money. But. Wouldn't you want to make more money? Wouldn't you want to create like, but like, they don't could, believe that they don't believe you. They, they believe that they're making the right decision and that the fact that they made money proves you wrong. Cause they made money. But like when they go and they make the Batman, doesn't it make more money than that other shit? And then don't they go, Oh look, when we do our standalone movies, that does better. Well, but I don't know if that's true. I'd need to see the numbers. Cause did the, did the Batman actually outperform? Like Justice League, because I think Justice League made a fuck ton of money. I hope that's not true. I'll look it up while you guys keep talking. I don't. I just. I just. I don't. I, I mean, cannot, it sounds. It I sounds like it shouldn't be true, but it is true that it made a fuck I, ton I, of money. I can't comprehend the logic of making these movies and not at least wanting them to be good movies. Like I just like. Look at what Marvel's done. I mean, now they can have their Disney streaming service with this MCU on it. And they, they, nobody's canceling that, right? Because they all want access to all this shit. That's the whole thing that Disney's been doing and the most successful company in the world when it comes to this stuff. It's just, wouldn't you want that as well? Wouldn't you want to build a universe around these beloved characters? my, my, My answer is yes. And their answer is... Well, no, because we're going to do this other thing and we're going to make more money than Disney because they're stupid. Sure, they are. Which uh, they haven't, by the way. Um, They haven't made made more money than Disney? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, compared to their Marvel movies, no. No. Um, So the estimated budget for Justice League was $300 million. Um, You could factor into that that they reshot like 70% of the movie. Mm hmm. Uh, and it made six hundred and fifty-seven million worldwide. That's not that good because that three hundred million dollar budget doesn't include the marketing. It's true. Uh, the Batman had a budget of two hundred million and made seven hundred and seventy million dollars. So okay, significantly more. And I think the other thing that we're missing here that when we talk about these numbers is the opportunity cost. How many toys have they not sold because they can't make a good movie? Like, do you know how many, how much money kids spent on Batman toys in 1989? 
and I, that just can't be the same well, case. Although I would say they're missing the sweet spot still, because I would bet money that Justice League sold way more toys than the Batman. Mostly because parents weren't taking their kids to see the Batman because they didn't want their kid watching the Riddler beat a dude to death with a carpet tool. There's an element of truth to that. I agree. But they got to find a way to find that balance, right? Right. Well, you can make you can make a good movie that everyone in the household can enjoy. Marvel does that over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I get and I get if they want to go the other way and just have a niche and make money that way. But uh, Warner Brothers and Sony both keep doing the same fucking thing. They make the same mistake over and over and over again. Mm. And then whenever shit goes wrong, they point fingers at fucking everybody then go, you know, the only reason why Morpheus doesn't go over is because all you fanboys didn't fucking want it. And it's like, <laughs> no, all us fanboys wanted it. <laughs> we just wanted it to be good. Yeah, we just wanted um, it to be good. That's yeah, all here's we wanted. the thing. When you, when you put out a commercial for your product and you can't make the product look good in the commercial, I'm going to assume that the product's not better than your commercial is. <laughs> you fucking idiots. So by comparison, uh, the last Spider-Man movie, which came out a couple months before the Batman, yeah, cost two hundred million. Okay, and made one point nine billion dollars. Is that is that right? That Spider-Man movie only cost two hundred million dollars to make. Here's the says. thing: Do you know, like, if you that look, cannot at, that cannot be correct. Look at the actor budgets in that movie, though. The actors are like. Tom Holland, I think, only made $4 million. The other two Spider-Men got like a million. Like, none of the villains got huge payouts. Well, like, but that's but that's because, not even where they spend the money in those movies. It's all in the special effects. Yeah, but now they've, get, now they've got the system down pat, right? They're not recreating. They're not building anything new. They're just using the existing systems. And it's... I, I mean, I, I suppose, but I mean, watch the Marvel movie credits. They go for fucking 25 <laughs> minutes. I know. If they there's could a find a way to, people, there's a if lot they could of find a way to pay. give people less people credit, they could actually cut down their budget by a couple of million because it wouldn't have to use all that fucking time to roll through all those. Somebody has yeah. to type all those names in, man. The word, word also is the Marvel treats its digital people like shit. So yeah, I'm sure they do. That's technically not Marvel. That's Disney doing that. Disney has always treated their animators and everybody else like that, like shit. Mm. They just always have. But is the last couple, like about the last month, there's been a lot of articles about Marvel art, Marvel um, uh, special effects, visual effects. Yeah. People specifically are way overworked and way underpaid for. Yeah. Again, for for making for spending two hundred billion dollars or two hundred million dollars and then making one almost two billion dollars in return, yeah. which I didn't even th- I thought maybe it was like nine hundred million or something. I didn't even realize it was almost a two billion dollars. I, I knew it was Jesus. over a billion because I remember it crossing the line. I didn't realize it was at one point nine. Yeah. Like fuck, is that that's just theatrical? No. It just says gross worldwide. That's that's usually means theatrical gross worldwide yeah. then. Uh, because that's not including people like you who bought it digitally mm-hmm. or whatever. Like up here, it's now it's on uh, Amazon Prime. So what did Amazon pay for that? Considering none of the other Spider-Man movies are on there. Like oh, Anyways, Jesus. sorry for sending us down that rabbit hole. 
That's fine. Uh, oh, sorry, it's our weekly segment where we bitch about how stupid DC right. is. <laughs> uh, and then the only other thing I watched is I started watching Orville, which is something I'd always meant to watch and never did because I don't. I have a problem where I don't particularly find Seth MacFarlane very funny. Oh, yeah. Like he's funny. It's just he tells the same. All of his jokes are the same jokes. Yeah, I agree with that. I still like Family Guy. Right. So that's, I, I usually don't watch his TV shows, but I watch his movies because I like it. It's funny for an hour and a half. It's not funny right. for an hour every week. I think that's why I haven't seen Orville yet, to be quite frank. Well, so here's the thing. So I started watching it because I'd heard people, you know, it's supposed to kind of be a spoof of Star Trek. And I'd heard people say, no, you should give it a chance because it's, it's actually like the best Star Trek that's been on it a long time on accident and i was and i didn't i refused to believe that because i was like come on guys there norm mcdonald plays like an ooze like i don't believe you that it's like that and then i started watching it and god damn it they were fucking right it is the <laughs> best fucking star trek show made in a real long time it's good to hear yeah it's it's insane and it does. It does all the things you want Star Trek to do. So it's kind of uh, utopian future society. Uh, they're out exploring the galaxy and interesting alien races, and then they kind of delve into weird philosophical stuff. Like okay. one of, like one of the very first episodes is there's a character whose name escapes me right now, but he's kind of the joke is he's a big, strong dude who his species can like eat anything. They can like eat inanimate objects and things like that. It's kind of weird, but their biggest thing is that that species is entirely male. So every single person is a dude and he, there's a arc of episodes where he has an egg and is hatching his egg and all this kind of stuff. And whenever it's born, it's a girl. And it turns out that in their culture, because female children are so rare that it's considered to be a deformity. And so their natural state of things is to perform a sex change operation on that baby to force it to be male so that it, and they call it conforming, you know, so that it will conform to everything. And there's a whole thing where they go through a, a, a trial where they have to, like, argue. And there's this whole thing where they have to convince him that it's wrong and they finally do. But then his husband won't accept it and all this kind of stuff. And they go through the whole episode. And how do you guys think that episode ends? Murder, suicide. I, I I cannot even guess, and you I, would, and I, I like that. Um, you you would assume that episode ends with them overcoming it and convincing everybody that you know there's nothing wrong with being a woman and all that kind of stuff, and that is 100 percent not how it ends. It's basically <laughs> they they make their point, and everybody kind of gets that they made their point, and they go, yeah, and this is our civilization, and we're doing it anyway. I mean. Which is kind of, it's dark and it's like kind of impactful. And you're like, wait, isn't this show supposed to be a comedy? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, wait. it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like it's a parody of Star Trek. It sounds like it is Star Trek. Yeah. 
Once again, it is. So the whole thing is, imagine Star Trek where occasionally people make like a dick fart or butthole joke because it's Seth MacFarlane. And that's it. The the end. Like really good Star Trek plus dumb fucking humor every once in a while. And it, and it, and it just works. It really does. I mean, it really just fucking works. Yeah. I, th- I think I'm on season three or something like that. And I that I haven't been disappointed by it yet. I'm like, okay, well, there's just so much more to this than I thought there was going to be. So I'm, I, I'm much more curious about it now than I was when we started this conversation. Yeah, I would definitely say so. The first the first episode is obviously a pilot episode and you shouldn't judge a show fully by that pilot episode. But I would say give it three or four episodes. And if you aren't convinced that it's fucking way better than you thought it was going to be, then you turn it off. I might do that. I also might not. I mean, Im- implicit in the statement, I might do it is that I might not do it. But right. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I guess I'm much more intrigued now than I was before. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, like I said, it's just that show is so much fucking deeper than you. <laughs> Than you think that it's going to be, and, <laughs> and it's and, good. I'm glad and it dicks, is. And dicks and buttholes, like, <laughs> oh, gotta have some. But that's it. That's all I watched. What'd you watch, Doug? Uh, let's see. Movie wise, I only watched one other thing besides Prey. Well, technically two, because I saw the Minions movie, but I don't feel obligated to discuss that. Are they um, yellow? Yeah. Do they make funny sounds? They kind of sound like words a little bit. Yeah. And some of them sound like uh, Spanish words, I think. So mm. it's got that it's set in the seventies and they go see jaws and that excited me. <laughs> and one of the bad guys is clearly a character from rollerblade, which I was kind of impressed with. I'm like, kids aren't going to get that reference, <laughs> but that's, that's all I got. <laughs> uh, the movie I did watch is from 1987 and it's called slaughterhouse. And it's about a slaughterhouse that's being foreclosed upon, but conveniently, the eldest son of the owner is mentally handicapped and he wants to kill people. So the owner starts directing him to kill the people who are trying to take the slaughterhouse away from them. And he does a real good job at it while making pig noises as he runs around. So obviously, I'm a huge fan of that. Like, it's... (laughs) It's just the Texas Chainsaw Massacre ripoff from 1987. Knows exactly what it is. Um, no, uh, no pretext whatsoever. It's just like it's. Oh look, these kids are going to shoot a horror movie at the <laughs> fucking slaughterhouse, and they're all wearing their masks and running around. The next scene, oh, they're getting slaughtered, and he's taking their masks and wearing them while he slaughters other people. Slaughters a cop, takes his cop uniform, wears that while he slaughters some people. <laughs> There's really nothing else to it. Some fun scenes of people like walking into a meat locker and there's just a bunch of human bodies hanging there, which is always nice. Um, but yeah, huge recommend. Sounds, because, sounds pretty dope. Because it's just nothing but a guy's like swinging meat cleavers at people. Um, really offers nothing new or unique, but that's not why I watched it. <laughs> I wasn't looking for anything new or unique. For some reason, I was thinking I had seen that movie and didn't enjoy it. But now that I'm reflecting on it, I think I may be thinking of Mad Men. The two remind me of each other a lot in the posters, I think, are somewhat similar. This one here, um, it, it did have one of those fun moments where I'm like, 
I, re- I remembered halfway through this that I'd seen scenes of it before when my older brother rented it when I was a kid. So like, and I, for whatever reason, I didn't watch the whole thing with him, but I remember the, when he started squealing like a pig, I'm like, I've seen this guy squeal like a pig before. So that was a fun moment for me personal, but uh, yeah. Ooh, a little bit of deliverance. <laughs> it is a little bit of deliverance, except it's the bad guy doing the squealing. And it's, it's utter lunacy. And it's, I don't know the name of the actor, but like, I'm pretty sure I've seen him play the slasher killer in other movies before. Like that's all he's good for. And it's fine. Cause it's exactly what you want from a 1987 slasher movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's a recommend if you're looking for that kind of movie, I just, it is what it is. Um, the other stuff I watched was all TV because uh, I was going to go see Nope, but I'm like, oh, it doesn't start for like an hour. Maybe I'll try to find something to watch. And it turns out the season three of What We Do in the Shadows became available. Oh, nice. So naturally, I went fucking nowhere that night. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's great. You guys have both seen it. I don't know how well you remember it. The shit, the shit with the gin is making me lose my fucking mind. Yeah. That's, it's, that's, so that's, that's funny. That's, that's four. four. I'm, I'm still on three. I'm uh, still behind because I live in a third world country where we get our television late. Um, <laughs> but it's, um, yeah. So I got the episode where they went to Atlantic city and fucking the maid dusts up all their like home earth. So they have to send Guillermo out to get some and they can't, they don't, they lose all their powers. That was fun. <laughs> fucking Colin Robinson came into his own in season three. I've always liked that character, but when they're at the hotel in Atlantic city and he falls in love with his favorite show and it's the channel that like advertises the hotel to you while you're in the hotel for some reason, I just I, like laughing out loud alone in my basement is not something that happens a lot, but during every time they'd clip back to him and he'd be sitting on the end of the bed, just staring at that screen with that big smile on his face. I fucking loved it. <laughs> that I mean, the uh, the one where Nandor joins the cult is amazing. Where he's like gets sucked into one of these weird eighties cults where they're all doing fitness. Right. <laughs> he's he's trying to prove he's human because he knows the lyrics to bare naked ladies songs. And it's like, <laughs> what are you saying? Sorry. <laughs> oh, just I mean, just fantastic stuff. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. Was it, I, the whole was, the, the, was that the same episode where he's talking about he's looking for because he thought he wanted a companion with somebody at the gym, but then he ends up I don't know he ends up sleeping with like an ex girlfriend or something in one episode. Yeah, and, and Gu- Guillermo like busts in. He's like, "Oh, Guillermo, as you can see, I'm having sexual intercourse right now." It's just like, what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he gets up at one point during that episode because remember remember they find out the one girl that he's been sleeping with is a werewolf so nobody else wants yeah. her in the house and he's like that's discrimination and all this but then he's like he's walking around the house at one point because he's looking for a rag to like wipe up his semen and he's <laughs> He gets all mad at Guillermo. Guillermo's like, I'm not helping you because it's for that girl. And he's like, fine, then I'm borrowing this sweater. And he just pulls Guillermo's sweater, takes it, <laughs> starts wiping his balls with it right on screen. And you're just like, what is happening right now? <laughs> oh, show's so good, man. I just... The, there's the one where, like, the 
because they're on the vampiric council now and they forget to feed like the original vampire. And it turns out that lore of if you kill the vampire, all of its descendants will die as well. That's for the purposes of, of that episode. They make that the lore. And, uh, but then they have to dig up the guy that they killed in season one <laughs> because it, you know, it turns out he must still be alive or else they'd all be dead. You, you know what makes me feel like a fucking idiot? What? Uh, in the most recent episode that comes out and involves that character. And I just now realized that it's fucking Doug Jones. Oh, oh really? yeah. Yeah, I did not. I, well, because he's doing that voice. It's, and it doesn't sound anything like him. And you see him without his makeup and you're like, oh, fuck, it's Doug Jones. It's been Doug Jones the whole time. <laughs> that's that's not really your fault, though. You shouldn't feel bad. That's just how good Doug Jones is at doing that. Like when he decides to dive into a character, he's, he's fucking great at it. So I don't know why I'm defending you right now, but <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. That whole thing, that whole thing too, where they have like that gargoyle looking vampire and the old like Baron guy from season one, like living together now, like <laughs> they're just running an Airbnb that, so they can kill whoever comes to the house. That, that continues. Oh, that's great. I'm glad that continues. I'm actually super relieved to know that there's like, is another season because this one ends on kind of like everybody leaving. And mm-hmm. I'm glad, I'm glad to know that it's not an end point. I don't want it to be so. That's I'm trying to think that that season ends with Guillermo getting locked in the box, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> the start, the start of the next season is pretty great. Sure. I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. So yeah, it's been, it's been pretty good. Cause I was a little disappointed that old Colin Robinson. Yeah. Dies and reverts to a baby. And I was like, I don't know, but the stuff they've been doing this season is pretty great. Well, I I mean, at this point, I kind of just trust them that they can figure out what to do with this. It seems like they do have a plan when they make these weird decisions. So I don't know. Yeah. Because they they really they must have known that they were going to kill off Colin Robinson at the end, because that's why they obviously had him play such a more important part throughout the season. And it worked perfectly. So super happy with that. Um, now I'm back to being disappointed that I can't, that I can't watch it anymore. <laughs> like, God damn it. Um, so the other thing I watched, which was also technically television, I finally finished up stranger things. Oh yeah. I, I still yeah. have not watched it. Yeah. Like I'll tell you, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed in them. Um, it's just, like we were talking about lazy filmmaking earlier and like, I get this is a spoiler Noah, but there's a point where there's like the three different groups have not come together yet. And we're in the final episode. So they just cut to the one group going, Oh, we just thought we just thought of a way that we haven't brought up before, but now we just figured out a way that we can help from here. So we don't have to find to get together with the rest of the group cut to a second group and they have the exact same fucking conversation. Oh, I just thought of a way where we can help from here. So we don't actually have to go. Home. <laughs> and it's just like, what, what just happened? Come on. <laughs> like, at least try to, t- to tell a story here. Will you? All just- I know is that it was impossible not to get spoiled. That just some dude 
plays master of puppets in the upside down for some oh, oh, oh you heard about that yeah 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 <laughs> well, that, that people may have put it on every piece of social media everywhere the second the show was released and have continued to do so every five minutes since to, to be fair eddie be fair. eddie and that scene are pretty red so eddie's idea i liked throughout most of the season um, the problem I had, okay, we're into full. I don't know how to say it without spoiling it for Noah, but you're fine. You're fine. Okay, so they have this whole thing where he goes down there and he becomes this hero and he ends up sacrificing himself, right? But it's spoiler. fucking pointless. It's fucking pointless. I, I said yeah. spoiler. No, I know, but it's fucking pointless because his whole role. They had this whole plan. His whole job in that plan was distract these certain monsters for a while so the other guys can go fight the big monster. That was his whole job. At the time that he's running away from them, all of those little bat monster things are chasing him. He's doing his job perfectly. And then he stops, and he turns around to try to fight them, and then they kill him, and then they're like, see, he is a hero. And it's like, no, he's a fucking idiot. His job was to distract those things. If he had just kept running, he would have technically done his job better than by turning around and letting himself get eaten. Because letting himself get eaten limits the amount of time that he can distract them, whereas keeping running actually could make it go longer. Mm. So, again, just... I know this is the, my theme for the week, but fucking just lazy storytelling where you're just like a, a hero sacrifices himself. So we'll just make him do that, I guess. And I'm like, ah, for fuck's sakes. Like, I don't know. I, I just, yeah. Again, and again, like having him go down there and play master of puppets. Sure. It, it was cool. I liked it again in the sense that like the visual of it was neat and, I love Master of Puppets, so I'm always happy to hear it. He, did, he didn't just play Master of Puppets. Apparently, he invented Master of Puppets. Is it tech? Why is it technically that scene set before bunch, the song was yeah, released yeah, or something? But, yeah, okay. yeah, a bunch of people are bitching about it. Apparently, it's set like a year before the release of the album or something. Uh, I mean, they're both set in 1986, but it's early 86, so yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's just one of those random things to see a bunch of dorks well, on the internet being like, Bleh! and honestly, it's if I was more invested in the show, it would have pissed me off. I think you can flash back to, I don't even know if it was this podcast or a previous podcast where I was discussing season one and complaining about how their posters on the wall are brand new, but you really, it's really hard to find brand new movie posters in the early eighties. So um, I'm not going to complain about other people nitpicking that. If anything, the flaw of the show is that they made me care so little that I didn't bother to nitpick. So, I don't know. If they do a season five and it's fucking giant episodes like this again, I, I think I'm just out at this point. And that's... Season five's the last season. Can't give up now. I, you'd be surprised. I can give up whenever I want. They're going <laughs> to battle the Thessal Hydra. Look at... In, in this last episode, like I couldn't watch it all at once. It was two and a half hours long. I knew that, but I, one of the things I was like, okay, but I've always fucking been able to, there's always these cutoffs throughout these episodes. That was one of my complaints is that they should have broken it into more episodes. So I'm like, I'll just find a convenient time to turn it off. And it was like the middle of L discovering that she did have the strength to fight the monster 
is in the middle of like that is when I turned it off and just went to bed for the night because that's how tuned out of it I was. I'm like, oh, this is what they're doing to have her. All right, fuck it. I won't spoil what happens, but it's stupid. I don't know. My my only Stranger Things complaint since the show started is they're doing the same thing that like the Tremors series did where they unjustifiably keep adding monsters. I'm, I'm, where they're like, okay with. Like, listen, I know. I know that we've spent two years uh, exposed to this other plane of existence. But uh, did we mention there's yet another random monster that there are thousands of that uh, that we just we just haven't brought them up because uh, uh, they were you, over there. If you watch season four, they actually kind of explain all that. I know. It's the work of Vecna. Ooh. Well, you haven't watched it yet. You don't know. I mean, I go back to what I said after like the first episode, which is that these episodes shouldn't be so long. The characters that left Hawkins should just be gone from Hawkins. That's it, right? If it was just the Hawkins stuff, I'd be probably okay with it. And then I'd be nitpicking the Master of Puppets release date. I just, I just have one question because I'm, I've been assuming this from the beginning, and I don't know if I'm accurate or not. Is Vecna Barb? Is it Barb? No, 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 it's not. Okay, no. Barb does it's... come up this season, though. Okay, I thought I, I just, I was like, hmm, a horrible bubble-faced monster person. I wonder if it could be the person who died in the first season and the was never seen again. No. But yeah, they no, do explain the, who Vecna is, and it's yeah. it's they, they as do address, ridiculous as that. But they do address that Nancy just never acted like she even cared that Bob Barb died. So that is brought up at least, which is like finally, at least like she recognizes that one of her best friends died. Yeah, that's fine. What they don't address is the fact that like Joyce and Hopper are getting together, but he lives in Indiana and she lives in California now, and they never bring that up as if it's never going to be an issue. <laughs> I was it was so annoying watching them pretend that they were a couple now and I'm like you guys are not that's not going to work at all. I mean at least at least he could probably fight the monsters more effectively now that he's a Russian super soldier. Yeah, he's much more effective at fighting the monsters now. He fights one with a sword in the last episode if that helps. Not just a sword, Conan sword. No, sorry, yes. Wait, like literally Conan sword? <laughs> It's the prop from Conan. For real? Like from the movie Conan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, from that's, what? What else would it be from the comic? That's, no? that's, that's fucking the, That's fucking awesome. Well, I didn't know if you meant it's like a replica Conan sword from the mall. Um, no. Or if it's literally the Conan sword from the movie Conan. It's literally the Conan no. sword. It's not really plot relevant that it is. No. So. It's just a sword, but everybody's like, oh my God, it's Conan sword. Like yeah, nobody, I, nobody in the movie is like, "Oh my God, it's Conan's sword!" It's just, oh look, there's a fucking sword laying there. I'm gonna use it. It is weird that there's a sword there, but I don't think it's weird. I feel like no. they explain it in the movie. Do they? Maybe they I just show. didn't care. Is there a post-credit scene where you see Arnold Schwarzenegger walk out and he's like, "Where the fuck is my sword?" <laughs> I wish that'd be amazing. This show would go straight up to recommend status if that had happened. Anyways, that's just me bitching about that stuff. That's uh, that's all I watched, though, Brian. What have you got left? Uh, well, we've already talked about most of it, but I also watched Them, They, or They, Them. Okay. It's the new Kevin Bacon thing. New Kevin Bacon slasher movie. 
which I never thought he would do another slasher movie since he was so aghast that he was in Friday the 13th for such a long time. It's super weird because now, like, he'll do interviews about it and stuff, and he seems to pretend like he didn't refuse to do interviews for right. 20 years. Um, so this takes place at a gay conversion camp, which I think is a good setting for something like this because that may be one of the most terrifying locations I can think of. Sure. Um, he runs it. Okay. And Jesus fucking Christ, if Kevin Bacon isn't one of the most charismatic assholes ever. Yeah, he plays an asshole really well. Yeah. I'm curious <laughs> to see this movie. Uh, so all, all the kids. That, I think there's a good chance that's because Kevin Bacon's probably actually an asshole. <laughs> I don't think so. I think he's a very nice guy. No. I don't know it's if he's. I don't know if he's an asshole. Pretentious. Yes, I, w- I would say very much so. From listening sure. to to him talking about acting and stuff in interviews, but yeah. Um, but so the movie opens literally with all the campers getting off the bus. They're all standing outside the main cabin. Kevin Bacon, or yeah, Kevin Bacon gives this nice speech where he comes off like he's everybody's pal and stuff. And he's like, I know you guys don't want to be here. I don't care if you're gay. I don't care at all. It just, you know, does one of those and then somehow brings up the word God at some point. He's like, but it's the last time you're going to hear the G word out of me this, this old this week. So, you know, we're not here for that. But I'm just saying, just, you know, we're here. Let's just try to make the best of it. And I mean, the whole speech, even even though I know this is a slasher movie and it's five minutes in, I'm just like, what a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> Something's going to prove that that's wrong. But, man, that's like, I believe that. I believe, I believe he is everybody's best friend. Um, and then at some point, someone in a... Uh, mask starts uh murdering people off one by one. Oh. And uh it's thoroughly enjoyable. It's about on the level of like a scream movie. So I mean, you know. Okay. If you if you like kind of the formula of scream, you probably like this. Maybe not as uh maybe not as bloody as a scream movie. Not that scream's ever been overly bloody outside of the Drew Barrymore kill, I guess, but um That's- but, you know. My complaint about the Scream films is the lack of blood. Yeah. But, you know, there's some fun, interesting stuff and uh, some interesting conversations and just some good character interactions. Anything I just enjoy, like, like, oh, I don't, there's nothing I, I don't, I don't know this situation. I would never have to be in this situation. So it's just interesting to hear how these people are dealing with being in this situation. Oh, then someone in a mask is killing people bonus. So, so I enjoyed it. It's not going to blow your socks off. It's not going to be a redefinition of the genre or anything, but you know, again, charismatic as fuck, Kevin Bacon, somebody in a mask killing people. That's all you need to know. Yeah. That sounds actually like what you're saying is it's just a slasher. And I'm like, Oh, I want to watch a movie. That's just a slasher. <laughs> remember, remember when I just like talked about how much I liked that movie. That's just a slasher. Sure. I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff. I mean, you know, they talk about, uh, being gay and stuff and trans and people not understanding and just 
yeah. other situations. But, you know, like I said, they wrap it up that it's you're at a gay conversion camp. And just how some of this shit turns out is like, oh, fuck. This is terrifying. Oh, and there's a slasher. Even better. Well, yeah. I mean, look, I get that there's going to be people who are like, oh, fuck, it's going to be a gay movie or whatever. But it's like they're always just looking for a new environment to set these things yeah. in. And that particular topic is in the news and in the social consciousness right now. So just stick it there. That's fine. Yeah. Well, I've seen people being like, oh, so we're into pronoun horror now. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, calm the fuck down. It's not like they're going to make you go to Cracker Barrel and eat the fucking, uh, <laughs> eat the new kind of sausage. The impossible <laughs> sausage. Impossible. Is that what it is? I couldn't remember if it was impossible or beyond. Yeah. <laughs> this is the... Man, people lose it for the stupidest shit. It's yeah. A few people do. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh no, do you want to tell us what we're doing next week? Yes. As soon as I pull it up so I don't forget. Uh we're gonna do James Hong week. So oh. we're gonna do the Vineyard and the Jitters from nineteen eighty nine, both of which I have not seen, but I have James Hong in them and I fucking love James Hong, so that's all that matters. Doesn't matter if he's in it for 10 minutes or the whole thing. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of them before they were put on the list. No, I have no idea what we're getting ourselves into here. Yeah. Uh, the Vineyards is on Tubi and Jitters. The whole movie is on uh, YouTube. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so I don't know what other banter to end the show with. Should have been should have been more DC talk, but we did that already. Yeah. Oh, you talk about how stupid they are again. Well, we've been recording like two and a half hours. Yeah. We could uh, talk about that funny meme that's going around where it points out that Will Wheaton is two years older than Alex Jones and talks about how being a conspiracy theorist really ages you. (laughs) And that makes me laugh. To to paraphrase an old SNL skit, I didn't even get a chance to talk about Sony. Dirty, filthy, lying Sony. What skit is that from? Oh my god, it was from uh oh god damn it, what's the 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 black guy who kind of does the uh funny voices and stuff? Um Jay Farrell? No, not 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 Ari Spears. What the fuck's the guy's name? Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan. Thank you. And yeah. he's, uh, it was like right whenever he first started doing Saturday Night Live. And there was a football player that said something racist in a uh, press conference. And they were doing a joke about him where it was supposed to be his apology. And he gets up and he goes, I would like to apologize for the horrible things I said. After all, I didn't even get a chance to talk about how much I hate Samoans. Dirty, filthy, <laughs> lying Samoans. And then, like, it just keeps going and going and going, and eventually he keeps talking about midgets. He's like, have you ever seen a midget in a suit? That shit is nasty. <laughs> and then, he, what is it? He's like, in the Bible, I believe it's Jesus or God who said, thou shalt not midget thyself. I don't think that's accurate. Oh my god, it's that whole fucking, that sketch is so funny. Just by the end of it, he goes, you know what I hate even more than them? 
the tall midgets, man. You know the ones I'm talking about, the normal looking ones, and they're like people. And he goes, "Yeah, <laughs> people." <laughs> See, finally now he's gotten around to the point where I can agree with him. So, uh, for some reason, that reminded me of something funny that happened on AEW a couple of weeks ago. So they got this guy now, Satnam Singh. Apparently, he used to play in the NBA, and he is like enormous, like. Wait, it has to be over seven foot tall. You're telling me a basketball player is tall? Right. All right. It's just, he's huge. Like, I am baffled by how big he is. He, he looks really tall in the ring with wrestlers, is what you're saying? There's that, yeah. Um, so, he's hanging out with, like, Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt is their manager and stuff. Um, he's an Indian wrestler. But, like I said, he's enormous. Um, so Orange Cassidy is wrestling Jay Lethal, and of course, Orange Cassidy does mainly like more comedic stuff during his matches, even though he's a really good wrestler. Um, but so this giant, this giant basketball player dude comes out and is like, Oh shit, what's gonna happen? Well, then Orange Cassidy's group, like the two other guys, come out one on top of the other one's shoulders, and they're wearing a giant trench coat. to face off with them and i just fucking lost it i'm like what the fuck is happening oh that sounds really fun please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater and now folks it's time to say good night We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. 